listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. It is episode 136. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today we're talking plastic surgery. Nose job? Better than no jobs. <laughs> you know, oh man, I had one. It was just right on the tip of my nose, and I can't think of it now. <laughs> Septum damn near killed him. Ah, <laughs> uh, you stole it. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my line. <laughs> you suck at this. Oh, What's crap. going on, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. I'm Justin. And I'm Jansen. God. Poop. What's up, Jansen? Got poop. You can't get your own name ever right. since ever since Mike has started calling me out every episode for me not having a quip ready. I'm getting nervous and I'm just getting the sweats. I'm stressed out. I quit. We get here like an hour and a half early. You have a ton of time to prepare for just one little line. But it's I'm just, just your name. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm working on. Jan, I'm not doing anything. Jan Scott poop. That's, that's, <laughs> I like that one actually. Jan's that's that's a new one. <laughs> I'm Jan Scott poop. Oh. All right, boys and girls. So, uh, what's going on? Well, you're hearing my beautiful voice because um, I actually have to do a correction before the actual corrections. Um, I'm actually not having a deviated septum corrected. What are you? What are you getting done? I'm having a knee replacement. Why? Um, so um, I've been on my knees a lot lately. I've been polishing a lot of knobs. Whoa, 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 Mike, Mike, whoa, Mike, whoa, Mike, whoa, Mike. Whoa, Wait, what? <laughs> I know that sounded bad. Um, so I work at a church, and uh, the brass doorknobs are like really oh. old and or- ornate. So yeah. I'm like, touch. I-, I get where you could be confused. That would sound bad, but so you're br- bringing them back to their old, uh, their old glory. Yeah, exactly. Polishing <laughs> them up good. Right on my yeah. knees. So okay. got to get it replaced. It, it and, takes uh, real skill to bring old things back to their. Risen glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> do you, have you do you, have you guys ever watched the show Arrested Development? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, bits and pieces. Yeah, there's there's one character, and for some reason, he's my favorite character on the entire show, and uh, he's the the guy that everybody like. He's the only person that doesn't know he's gay, and he's a therapist, and he calls him a therapist, and then a. Uh, Oh man, I can't remember the word, but he always says super sexual things. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, F- uh, Tobias Funke. Yes, Tobias Funke. <laughs> like Mike, you are Tobias Funke in the flesh. I blew myself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the confusion. It's kind of like that time a few weeks ago when we uh, watched uh, Stigmata, and I uh, said it was filmed in Chile, but it was actually filmed in Pennsylvania. You know? <laughs> yeah, same it's thing. It's a common right? mistake. I, I mean, I don't, that doesn't sound right. It, it it's right. I'm it's pretty sure it's right. Possible correction for oh, this. Yeah, maybe. Possible I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. So I haven't had much going on last week. What have you, you guys been up to? Anything cool? I haven't. Like normally, at least one exciting thing happens in my life, and the fact that it's been a couple weeks since I've been on, I really have no excuse. Just there's, more housework. There's and... no uh, there's no 25 minute long stories about Michael's <laughs> motorcycle crashes that you want to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I added it down to 23 minutes, okay? <laughs> you did. You did. Actually, when I went back and re-listened to the episode, you guys had told me, like, dude, that was long. It's like, yeah, it was. And I listened. It's like, well done. You really are good at your job, aren't you? Oh, thanks, man. That's why they call him the architect, boys. Yep. 
Um, did you cut out like a full four minutes out of this story? <laughs> About four minutes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was it was a decent chunk, but it was not important. You guys got the gist of it. It was fine. I kept the good stuff. Yeah, the good stuff, like the crash and the fact that Mike was being a dick about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you know, that's me. What, what do you want? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking of deviated septums and things that need to be corrected. Let's get into some corrections. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right. So, first of all, uh, last week, I think, Mike, you were talking about Notre Dame and when it was built. Yeah. I think yeah. you said something about 13th century or something. Yeah. I just wanted to look up the exact date that Notre Dame was built. It was 1163. Okay. So it was would... off by like 300 years. Whatever. Real quick, before you go on to that, did you see the, the cool news about the Notre Dame and how they're going to help rebuild it with a video game? No. <laughs> with Assassin's Creed, I forget which uh, version of the game it was. Unity. Uh, oh, they, uh, yeah. They um, went in there, and the details were so exact up to the painting that was hanging on the wall. So they can, in first person, walk through Mike. the church oh, sorry. via the video game. <laughs> and, uh, and, and they're going to reconstruct it using Assassin's Creed? Yeah, because so if they, if they only sweet. had a picture at the end of this hallway, you can't see well, what picture is that. But oh, wow. in the game, you can walk them and go, oh, that's Picasso so-and-so. Wow. You that's know? awesome. Yeah. And I don't know if there would be a Picasso. But you know what I mean. Is that a Norman Rockwell? <laughs> that's that's really awesome though. Like that's uh, Assassin's Creed is hands down one of my favorite uh, video game series to begin with, and that just that just confirms it right there. That's yeah, a, Andy that's Warhol cool is uh, not right where it's supposed to be. Yeah, those uh, Kansas no. soup. Like hopefully they can, <laughs> hopefully they play some right. <laughs> and and just as you read more about how they re- they responded to it, like a lot of people immediately thought, like, "Hey, this is probably one of the more accurate rep- representations of what uh, Notre-, Notre Dame was." They also released the game, I think, either for really cheap or for free. I think it was for free, and they said, "Hey, if you want to donate, all the money will go back to uh, helping." fix and restore it so like hearing that from a uh video game st- studio which is kind of famous for being a little uh greedy yeah. it, not gonna lie it's it's a pretty cool response That's i think cool. it i think it's cool it's a very kind of altruistic move but at the same time you brought up something the the catholic church is worth 30 billion dollars yes they don't really need they don't really need yes. the help to rebuild it so that i posted that for, that post was twofold first of all like it's true like it, it, it's a church that uh it's it's partially owned by the french government partially owned by a catholic church it's this weird thing going on between them and the catholic church has That's so like much the direct money. opposite of separation of church and state yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the church and the state and i'm sorry to sorry to steal this line from mike but it was really sad to hear about that because i was going to go to school there <laughs> <laughs> sorry mike i know that i know that's what you were thinking in your mind but yes yes i was <laughs> <laughs> but i also posted that just to get a rise out of people and everybody's like yeah i'm like <laughs> All right, fine. That's not the reaction I wanted, but sure, rally behind me. I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've only got one other correction. Do you guys have anything? Yeah, I have one. Um, so last week I said um, that your cousin is a lovely, lovely lady. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was actually your cousin's wife. So I had the gender right, but she's not your cousin. She's actually your aunt, <laughs> not your cousin, who's also the fire chief. This is still... I I think I you're think getting I this got wrong. It. No, no. 
correction for next week. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll fix it. it. It was a rough week for you last week, Mike, because not only do you have those corrections, the minute you started talking about the voice assistants, you just went completely off the rails. You were talking about how... Uh, Cartona? Cortona? Is, uh, <laughs> great for everybody. I, I use Cortona all the time. Oh, on, on your Google Assistant? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah my, my, my Google machine. Yeah. <laughs> but Cortana is the Microsoft... Uh, Corona's a beer. We're not... <laughs> oh, did I say Corona? <laughs> Gosh. Oh my gosh, we're, I'm just falling apart. Uh, but Cortana is the Microsoft voice assistant, and uh, they actually got the name because they own the name because they own Halo. It's not this like disconnect, and they have this relationship. They own it, so it's not a big deal. And it's just called Google Assistant. Oh. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Potato, potato, right? <laughs> exactly. Cortana, um, Corona. Last week, uh, <laughs> oh last week uh, we could not remember which movie uh, the name Spider Bolton was from. Oh, yeah. Um, Spider Bolton is the name of a character that Lachlan Monroe uh, plays in uh, Downhill Willie. Monroe. What? Lachlan Monroe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, I, that's up for debate. I don't know. Potato. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, Lachlan Monroe. I, I saw him in that movie. I saw him in that movie when I was a little kid, Downhill Willie. Terrible movie. But uh, that's all I've ever known him as ever since then. He's, I was. I looked up on IMDb trying to find this movie. He's been in 231 movies. Oh, my what? gosh. He's, wow. He's a prolific actor. <laughs> well, I, you know what? He's not. He's not though, because he's not like that well known. Like he's not that. You know, he hasn't. He's made a lot of stuff, but he's not like legendary. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't really made an impact on the industry. <laughs> I think you're getting the words mixed up oh, again. I. Your face, that's your it's, opinion. It's cool. It's fine. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> do we? <laughs> Didn't know Jim was a grammar teacher. Jesus. <laughs> okay, I have one more correction, and this is my bad. So last week I said. Uh, I said. I, I kind of misquoted Moby Dick because I said, uh, from hell's heart I stabbeth thee. And then we got into like the discussion about how adding a TH at the end of words makes it really cool. The actual line from M Moby Dick is, from hell's heart I stab at thee. Um. So if you, were, if, if you were saying it fast, you could see where I would hear that like a dumb person. <laughs> So, it's, well, it's still it's cooler. That it's way. still yeah. a beautiful poem you wrote, not from a classic novel. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> and that's what? all I've got for corrections. Like if you were gonna come up and stab me, and you were like, "From hell's heart I stabbeth thee," I'd be like, "Whatever, man, just do it." You're like, "From hell's heart I stab at thee." I'm like, "Oh shit, yeah. he's serious." Yeah, right? it's much more intense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That and actually, I don't think I ever realized that they they use that line in uh, which which Star Trek was it with uh, Khan. That was uh, the Wrath of Khan. Yeah, the Wrath right? of Khan, yeah. and then uh, there was one episode as well in the he, series before that. He says that it's like his last line before he dies. He says, uh, "He says, um, from hell's heart I stab at thee, uh, to uh, with the with my last breath I spit I spit at thee or something like that." Yeah, I. That doesn't hold a lot I, more I, weight I, than uh, from hell's heart I stab at. <laughs> That's one of my favorite uh, Star Trek movies. So I, honestly, I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that because I never really Obviously, got that it's reference. It's not your favorite. Well, I, it's, dumb, it's been dumb. a while. So <laughs> <dumb>. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I have for corrections. You guys got anything else? No, that's I'm it. good. What all right. Drinking? So uh, this week, like we already talked about, we are talking about. Uh, well, we thought Mike was gonna be out getting uh, plastic surgery, getting his nose fixed this week. 
Yeah, my knee feels pretty good. I can. It doesn't in, in, uh, impede the way I speak. So. Okay. <laughs> Back up from the mic a little bit. I haven't had the surgery. You yet, sound like James, somebody left a tiny little dustbuster on. Um, <laughs> so this week we're talking about plastic surgery, uh, and in honor of that. I was supposed to go out and get the beer, but I made Jancy Pants go out and get it because because uh, he's a hell of a friend and I was running late. Oh, you're a good guy. <clears throat> so uh, I'll actually have to explain this one because of the label. It's it's, it's yeah. the label that's uh, more relevant here. This is <laughs> look at my beer. It's got no label on <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, here you go. From uh, from from Dark Horse right here in Michigan, Dark Horse Brewery. Smells like Citra safety meeting. India Pale Ale, and on the uh, on the label, it's a bunch of little. Well, actually, they're rather large. Uh, noses. It's just noses with arms and legs, and they are running, running all over the place, <laughs> running amongst amongst a bunch of roosters. It's a weird. It's a weird label. A bunch of cocks. A bunch of co- oh noses and cocks. Oh. I, I get it. I guess. I don't know. You know, after watching the movie this week, one of the questions I have is like, Mike, after after oh. your surgery, are you going to come back with like this weird nose, fa- like cock? <laughs> a cock nose? A cock nose? Oh my God. I went in for a simple deviated septum and I came out with a nose cock. <laughs> so I, I figured it out with the, the name and the noses and that. So the, the noses are jumping to glory because of the smell of the beer. Have you smelled the beer yet? No. Well, you know that hops and marijuana are in the same family. Mm-hmm. Oh. They're like a cousin of each other. Ooh, I just drank it. I and and it has a little it. bit of a hint of that Damn to it. it. So, and, and safety meeting is another code word that started back in the day by uh, people. Hey, you want to go have a safety meeting? Is and that they, true? They, yeah. I've heard, I, I thought it was just an old friend of the family that used to use that. And then I've heard other people using that phrase. When people say you want to go have a safety meeting, they're talking about smoking marijuana cigarettes. They are. Oh my gosh. They're doing the marijuana. <clears throat> yeah. You're doing marijuana. Doing the weed. Well, uh, I learned something new every day, boys. So, Smells Like Citrus Safety Meeting, India Pale Ale, a new addition to the Smells Like family. This IPA uses the same malt profile as our seasonal IPA called Smells Like a Safety Meeting and clocks in at 8.5% ABV. Instead of the proprietary hop blend we, we like so much in the original Smells Like a Safety Meeting, we removed all the hops and replaced them with citra hops, giving this beer a very citrusy, very citrus-forward nose and flavor profile. Nose? Nose, yeah, it works. So it, it it works on multiple levels. Eight point five percent. Is that why you're drinking Lacroix before we have this? <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> I love it, boys. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Mmm, that's wow. good. That is yummy. That's oh. so good. It made my voice crack. That is good. That, uh, after, that aftertaste is getting me a little bit. I've got like this uh, frothy consistency consistency in the back of my throat. Does anyone else have that? <laughs> like a, just you, like Mike. A, like a frothy, foamy head. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's slimy. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so Wait, long- hold on. One one more thing. Um, this might sound weird, but I can actually hear the Chinook hops in this beer. Can anyone else? <laughs> There's no Chinook hops in this what? beer. It, it's, it's just Citra. just Citra. It's in the description. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, to, I'm going to shut up now. To go, to go along with this beer, we are also talking about two movies. One is called Rabid, directed by David Cronenberg, and the other is called The Skin I Live In, a nice uh, Spanish film. Also known la, as La Piel Que Habito. La Piel Que Habito. La Capital to K2. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what we're drinking, that's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. 
we're back with the bleed feed, y'all. And actually, oh, hey, oh, sorry. yeah, back up off the mic a little bit there. <laughs> uh, we're back, and uh, we're, we're joined by our friend Tank here. Hello. Which uh, you'll probably notice he actually sounds a lot like Mike. Which is weird. Which we're is different strange. People. Uh, Mike is gone. Tank is with us this week, and we decided to just make fun of Mike for the first 15 minutes of the show. So, <laughs> yeah. Michael, if you're listening to this, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, we were yeah. just roasting your nuts a little bit, buddy. I love you. Don't mean any offense. Oh, that's what that smell was. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, sorry to bring it down here, boys, but we got a couple deaths to talk about this week. Uh, first off, world-renowned paranormal investigator Lorraine Warren passed away. Uh, oh, that's la- the lady who cut off her husband's, threw it on the freeway, right? That's uh, Different. Lor- Lorena Bobbitt. Oh, okay. Lorena Bobbitt. Mm. Equally as world-renowned, <laughs> just for a much different reason, uh, and also not 92, which is the age at which Lorraine Warren has passed. That would be interesting if 92-year-old cut off her husband's <laughs> throwing his thing on the freeway. So like, I anymore. don't care, I don't use it anymore anyway. It's falling off, you're removing the trouble. Um, horror fans would know her best um, as the inspiration, along with her husband Ed, for James Wan's Conjuring universe. Uh, which has uh, which has made him a very wealthy man. So uh, thank you to Lorraine and Ed for that. Yes. And uh, also as investigators of the infamous Amityville House, uh, among many many other things. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a lot of people when when I saw that she had passed on Facebook. I go into the comment sections, you know, and a lot of people just like so much hate. Just like oh good, hope she rots in hell. Fucking. Uh, 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 con artist. I'm like, she's still a human being, guys. Like, yeah. like, 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 still somebody, like, have a little bit of respect. And I know that, like, s- there are some questionable things surrounding Ed and Lorraine Warren's uh, investigative prowess and their, you know, their their actual like whether their contribution to the to the paranormal world was was legit or not. Mm-hmm. But come on. Yeah, and, and and if 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 nothing else, be happy that you got James Wan's Conjuring universe out of it because yeah. it's an amazing horror universe. It's it's the Conjuring movies are a few of my favorite movies, and they have like great actors. Uh, Vera Farmiga is who uh, portrays Lorraine Warren in the movies, and she <laughs> is for some. I enjoy her as an actress in spite of the fact that I feel so awkward when she's on screen after watching her on Bates Motel originally. Why? Because have you seen the show? A uh, little bit. So in Bates Motel, she is Norman Bates' mom, mm-hmm. and there is a lot of Freudian stuff in there. Oh yeah, and just this weird, uncomfortable relationship between uh, her Norma and Norman Bates, and it's just. Did they fuck yet on that show? I'm <laughs> there was that tension was just building. Oh, it, that probably happened off screen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, uh, rest in peace to Lorraine Warren. And then uh, the other death that we had this this week was Terry Rawlings. Uh, he is best known for being the editor for the original Alien and also for the original Blade Runner, as as well as other works that I don't gotta, quite fit the horror subgenre. Yeah, I have a little bit of a... I mean, some of them here, the, the Sentinel, Watership Down Legend is definitely, you know, genre. We've talked about it on the show before. FX, Alien 3... Goldeneye, oh yes, and uh, also an Oscar-nominated work on *Chariots of Fire*. So, wow, oh wow, um, I didn't, I didn't even ca- catch that. Mm-hmm. Prolific. But uh, he <laughs> <laughs> he died on Tuesday or died Tuesday at the age of eighty-six. Mm-hmm. So rest in peace, Terry Rawlings. <laughs> rest in what? 
peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> I'm going to be talking a lot more, and I warned you, I do have a little bit of a stutter. So, Well, thank you for that, Jan Scott Poop. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, boy. Go. All right. Uh, so what else do we have in the news here? Uh, the new Swamp Thing trailer was released literally today, uh, which I know there's been a lot of uh, drama surrounding the Swamp Swamp Thing TV show since it was canceled early. They stopped production. I know we talked about this last week, or at least well, you they, two did. Yeah, they stopped production and then decided to cut the last three episodes for some reason. Yeah, I which I, I don't know what the logistics behind something like that is, but it I, seems it seems like it would affect. The entire first season in a pretty substantial way. Exactly. <laughs> to just cut yeah. the last three episodes off. Is, is this something I couldn't find any information on? It, but are they not planning <clears throat> on doing a second season? Or are they planning on continuing? After I'm not this? entirely sure, but yeah. I, I I think it's more. It it has to be more so drama uh, involved with the actual DC Universe um, streaming service. Mm-hmm. I I imagine. Yeah, I because they. They pretty much suck at everything they touch, but yes. the, the actual trailer, like, it looks like a good show. Yeah, a lot of people have been worried because of all that drama, because of the production drama and all that, that it wouldn't be a very good product, that it wasn't good in the first place, and at the time, all we had was that teaser of the thing, or of the swamp thing rising from the swamp. Yeah. But after watching this trailer, it has given me a lot of hope for it, because it it's clearly going to be a horror series. Yeah. And it looks very violent. Very violent. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of practical effects, it looks mm-hmm. like, or at least really well done CG. One of those two. Derek Mears looks pretty sweet as the uh, as Swamp Thing. Yes, yes. Yeah. It, he looks awesome. It's not just Sasquatch covered in kelp like, <laughs> like Justin <laughs> mentioned last week. And uh, it... It has a lot of the thing vibes, which I know we all love the thing mm-hmm. on the show. And it, as soon as I saw the creature that had those vibes, I got really excited. I was like, dang it, I mm-hmm. want to see this. Yeah. But the one thing was, I found the trailer kind of awkward. There was no voices. The music wasn't quite fitting. So this kind of felt like another, like, okay, it, we got to push it. Let's like they got to rush it out. Yeah, they rushed it out kind of well, like with well, because the trailer. As it, as it the... stands right now, the premiere is May 31st on the DC Universe uh, streaming service. So it's... I don't know. It's a, oh. it's really it's it's kind of a strange process they're going through here, but I guess yeah. uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Did you? Get, I don't. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Did you guys watch the uh, the the series Swamp Thing back in the the nineties? I did a little bit. It was pretty dope. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was granted I was five, but uh, <laughs> when I was five, it was really fucking cool. <laughs> And uh, they had action figures. I remember had an action figure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I still had oh, that yeah. action figure. Do yeah. you? Yeah. The arm would, uh, the, like the forearm would come off. It was like an extendable arm. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, I yeah. remember it vividly. I know it. Yeah. yeah, I I liked the. And then there was how many movies were there? Two. I don't know. Three. I don't remember. They're saying there's only three. Uh, oh, three seasons of the Swamp Thing series from the '90s, but I don't know about movies. But another thing that I was that I looked into that gave me a little bit of hope is a lot of the talent behind the show looks really promising. Uh, like the writers, Mark Verhaden is from Ash versus the Evil Dead. He wrote for that, mm-hmm. and then uh, Gary Doberman was one of the writers for the new It, mm-hmm. as well as, and I'm pretty sure that uh, we have talked about. 
uh, him already is James Wan is also the uh, producer on here. And as we mentioned, he was a pro- producer and director for The Conjuring. He did Insidious, which is another one of my favorite it's horror friends. He's got a lot of irons in the fire. He does. And speaking of a lot of irons in the fire, fire he is also going to be producing the new Salem's Lot ap- adaptation. Yeah. And I know we've, uh, especially back in November when it was Stephen King month, we talked a lot about Stephen King uh, movies, and I was on for an episode for Castle Rock, and I mentioned that Stephen King is one of my favorite authors. Mm-hmm. I read, I well, I listened, I listened to audiobooks to five of his audiobooks in a row, and just loved them. So when I every, it seems like every other day when they're like, oh, Stephen King's new adaptation of this was just picked up, I get excited. Mm-hmm. So uh, Salem's Lot is a book from 1975, so one of his earlier works, and it is a book about author Ben Mears returning to his hometown of Jerusalem. Jeruth- <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Jerusalem's there lot. There you go. <laughs> I, I was looking Nailed at you. <laughs> I was looking at James, and he's just looking at me like you're just gonna sit there and struggle until you say. It. <laughs> but he returns to his hometown to find everyone is turning into vampires. And while I'm not much of a vampire fan, I think I'm definitely gonna have to dump, jump into this, uh, jump into that book just so I can catch it before. Oh, you've never read Salem's Lot? I haven't. I've been trying to keep up with all of his other adaptations being released, and I've, I've got this like. Backlog. Have you seen the original Salem's Lot? I have not. No, it's it's good. I like it. Scared the hell out of me when I was younger. I've there's seen some. S- there's some. There's some parts in it that even to this day are very chilling to me. Really? Yeah. I've seen the pictures of like the main vampire that's on all the stories and Kurt, it, Kurt Barlow is that his name? I he's got a really like he's got a really just like normal dude's name. I can't. I think it's Kurt. <laughs> I think it's Kurt Barlow. You're talking about the blue vampire creature thing, Yeah, right? he looks like Nosferatu. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, <clears throat> it's like naming your dog Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, why the hell can I... I can look it up. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Wait, Kurt uh, Barlow. Yeah. Is it Kurt Barlow? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's just such a weird name for a vampire. <laughs> like, Kurt. Like Nosferatu is like so cool. Dracula is so cool. Kurt Barlow. You know Kurt. Kurt hey. with the pointy teeth. Hey, nice to meet you, Kurt. I ain't Kurt Barlow. Kurt. He uh, he's a he's a used car salesman by day who moonlights as a vampire. This is a great car. I tell you right now. <laughs> Plenty of room in the trunk for dead bodies. <laughs> All right. Well, next up, I I have a special piece of news. Uh, because our our buddy Mike is not here, I really wanted to touch on this one because I I knew that. He's going to be listening to this episode after his surgery. He's going to need need a little bit of a pickup. Uh, he's, you know, he's going to have these giant splints up in his nose for like two weeks or something like that. So, this is for you, buddy. Uh, Amazon has acquired the indie thriller The Fanatic, starring John Travolta and directed by everyone's favorite balding rap rocker. Fred Durst. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> uh, Devin Sawa also stars in this stalker flick about a man, man's unhealthy obsession with his favorite actor. So all everyone's favorite 90s, 2000s people. Exactly. De- <laughs> yeah, Devin Sawa, John Travolta, and Fred Durst. That's a deadly trio. <laughs> yeah, I almost sure. like, I like I've, I've, I don't know, like I, I, I kind of want to see this movie. And apparently it's based off of like, a, like something in real life that happened to Fred Durst because... Um, um, John Travolta plays this fanatic character who loves Devin Sawa, his his actor character, and his 
unhealthy obsession with him, like where he wants to just like be a fan and be around him and like and stuff like that turns into this uh even more unhealthy obsession with wanting to ruin his life. And apparently apparently Fred Durst actually had something like that happen to him in in real life. So it <laughs> should be pretty interesting. I just I just realized something that you got John Travolta and Fred Durst together, right? Yeah. So, hey, Sandy, and then you got, and then you, right? So there's your Travolta, and, then you, and then you got John <laughs> Starfish. It's the same person. And then Biscuit and Fred Durst. Hey, Sandy, you! Yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, Mike just texted us and oh. said, hey, stop talking about me. <laughs> How does he know? This is yeah. a lie. Are we live? ears are ringing. In case you heard my ringtone. <laughs> Whoops. Was that a, a Corona alert, or what was that? Oh, uh, it was Cartana. Cartana. D'Artagnan? D'Artagnan. All right. What else do you have there, Jansen? So, I've got some good news about one of our favorite actors. Who? <gasps> Nicolas Cage. What? A score to settle. Where? <laughs> Nailed it. Wow. <laughs> so, Nicolas Cage, I feel like... Uh, Horror news is dominated by two things. First of all, Stephen King adaptations, like I mentioned, and the other one is Nicolas Cage releasing new movies. I have a and- score to settle. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I'm so excited for this one because, like we've talked about, he has found his niche, which is just insane, oh, and he plays he's... every character exactly the same. So he's just killing it. Did uh, you Did you see Mandy? No, I yeah, want oh to. God, I dude, need it's to. So good. So yeah. I still haven't, but it's it is so close to being. It's so close to my watch list but i've been trying to keep up with this but uh he's actually teaming up again with rlje films which are is the studio that did mandy yeah so it's the same studio so he's probably gonna have the same craziness and it has the best synopsis frank nicholas cage's character a former a former mob enforcer is released from prison after serving 22 years for a crime he didn't commit. I'm in. <laughs> now free. You just you just described Con Air. <laughs> exactly. Another fantastic. I was framed. <laughs> but sorry, James. I didn't mean to step on your toes. Now free. He sets out on a path for revenge against the people who wronged him. Mm-hmm. And it just sounds so absurd. And trying to picture Nicolas Cage trying to play somebody who he's so clearly not is gonna oh i'm so excited aside, well, I, I, well, I, mandy was kind of like that mandy was a revenge story and aside from really loving this this new direction that nicholas cage is headed in i love revenge stories a big fan so yeah. why <laughs> why <laughs> what <laughs> but uh the movie is uh written by john newman and directed by sean Koo. uh Neither of them have any super notable works. Uh, I know that John Newman was involved with Days of Our Lives and Sean Koo. I honestly don't remember. I couldn't find any <laughs> notable things on there. But Fair enough. Look them up. You might find something that you recognize and get more excited about. But it will be in theaters and on demand on August 2nd, 2019. Oh, yeah. So it's coming soon. All right. Um, why don't you uh, take another one? All right, so the last one that I've got is uh, Child's Play. We've been talking, well, you guys mostly have been talking about this for the past few weeks as we've been following the drama about uh, the weird direction it's going in with AI, with uh, Cartanian, uh, (laughs) and and, uh, rather than being a soul of a serial killer. But uh, it just... it. 
it's honestly getting better for me. I I watched the trailer. It looks good. And after watching the trailer and reading these news stories about it, uh, it's going to be rated R. Not just because he's going to swear a lot, saying things like darn and shucks, but... <laughs> But it's going to be rated R for violence and gore, mm-hmm. which for a horror return back to uh, formula, I'm so excited about that. And were any of the were any of the Child's Play movies rated anything other than R? No, but they were rated R primarily because I going back and thinking about the old ones, I, I made the mistake. I started with uh, Chuck, the Bride of Chucky, rather mm-hmm. than starting with Child's Play, the Child's originally th- original three and uh i'm really Come struggling on, you're right, right now you're all right pull it in <laughs> yeah so i started with the newer ones and it just ruined the franchise for me when i was younger because yeah. i watched it and i heard about how terrifying these movies were and it just didn't live up to it i was like it, it's slapstick it doesn't take mm-hmm. itself seriously and now there's this annoying girl doll that's on there. Uh, and Jennifer Tilly is a national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, didn't, didn't realize I Insert struck a Insert Nicholas Cage joke here. <laughs> what? <What'd you> <laughs> Insert Nick Cage joke here. Who? <laughs> national <laughs> treasure. Oh. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, I didn't even catch that. That's so good. I'm going to steal the... I can't even do that. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. We're going to leave Nicholas Cage's voice. He's got the deepest for... voice out of all of us. <laughs> I, you I know what? I used to be so good at voices when I was in uh, middle school. I used to actually have this Mickey Mouse voice that I would do where I was so spot on and I would call my friends uh, phones, leave voicemails as Mickey Mouse. You know you have to do it now, right? I can't do it it because my voice dropped. And that's so crazy because I perfectly do the Barney the Dinosaur voice. Do you really? (laughs) I do. But I used to call people as Mickey Mouse and just say the most vulgar, racist, awful things because I was horrible. <laughs> Keep in mind, this was 12 years ago, and I, I, I found the Lord. <laughs> and can, you to, can you give, try to give us a little taste? No, no, I, I tried a little bit earlier because I, I was afraid that it was going to lead in this direction. I don't know how I foresaw this, but... I, I will still give you a taste of the, the one that they right, call Barney. You do yes. yours, and I'll do mine. Hi there, little boys and girls. How's everybody doing today? It's pretty reminiscent of uh, Tiddly, <laughs> Tiddly Winks the Clown. Well, James, I just want to let you know. <laughs> Don't touch me. Don't touch me. <laughs> oh, oh, I've, been, I've been murdered by him before. <laughs> but uh, the new Child's Play will take on a darker tone than the later sequels, and thank goodness, because like I said, the later sequels just really threw it off for me, and I'm really excited to not only see this new movie as we keep hearing more and more good news. So, um, let, let's talk about the trailer real quick, though. Okay. Just what did you think of the trailer? So the trailer, it it was kind of weird because... And it's probably just because of the entire promise. You'd see all these horrible things happening, and then you'd literally see this doll that looks like an actual baby, which uh, the director has actually said that they took a lot of his m- movement uh, from the way toddlers the way toddler walk. moves. Yeah, and it just it. 
it's weird in this very interesting way. Like, I'm really excited to see the whole thing and actually get the full picture of it. My big question is they they start off by saying that, uh, like, they introduce the guy, the guy on TV introduces, and he's a really, he's a really well known actor. And for some reason, I can't think of his name right now, but he introduces, uh, what do they call, what's the, Caslin? Is that the name of the company? Uh, Caslin Corp or something like that? Caslin Corp? And he introduces Buddy, and he's like, uh, he he can control all of your Caslin Corp uh, devices. And I'm like, why would they make a child's AI doll that can control, like, so it's essentially like, you know, how people have the nest in their house now? Mm-hmm. Why would they make a child's doll that's able to control all that? Yeah. Like I, your stupid kid would just be turning the heat up in the house to 100 <laughs> all the time. I'm cold. Set it to 90. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It, it, yeah, that, that's honestly the biggest uh, issue I have with it because that's going to be the part that I find <laughs> hardest to move move past. Because I have a lot of smart home stuff. I can I see no point, no point in something like that ever existing. Yeah, and that's really the biggest jumping off point for me. Where that's going to be the area where I'm going to have to castle. Yeah. Like, Caslin, yeah, you're right. That's gonna be where I'm going to have to like just be like, okay, I'm I'm watching a movie. I'm yeah. going to have to just be okay with this weirdness. Yeah, I mean, I am like, yeah, like that being said, what I just said, I I I'm kind of getting more on board with the whole AI gone berserk thing because AI going berserk. Oh, the yeah. more you hear about it, the more it seems like a reality, and mm-hmm. it's kind of spooky. But that being said, there's something. There's there's something a lot less scary about AI going berserk than an actual like than an actual doll inhabited by the spirit of a person. Yeah. Like there's 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 when you take away the emotion in the kills for some reason it's less scary to me. Yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where I kind of juggle them both a little bit because the original uh, Chucky being inhabited by the soul of a serial killer. Even f- that, for me, feels a little ridiculous. So I... Well, I, get, if, get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you should have started from the beginning. Because the, the, uh, I uh, I had never seen any of the Chucky movies before. And uh, just like maybe three or four years ago, I started getting more into to horror movies from this podcast, mainly, honestly. Because uh, I just... As a kid, I didn't watch many horror movies because I was just... I had like night terrors all the time, and I th- thought that horror movies would fuel the fire for that. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, nope, not watching horror movies, nope. But I went back and watched it like three or four years ago, and it was legit. It was yeah. good. Like yeah. it wasn't. I mean, it didn't you know? It wasn't like the best movie I've ever seen, but it was definitely effective. And definitely at that time, I think it would really be a. Yeah, if I would have, I I didn't see the first Child's Play until a little bit later in life, Mm -hmm. like maybe when I was, I don't know, 16, 17. If I had seen that movie when it came out when I was a little kid, it would have ruined my life. Absolutely. Because just actually just seeing the poster up at the theater in Bad Axe, that ruined my life. Wow. Yeah, you're just, you're you're all of a sudden suspicious of all of your toys that are, your room is filled with. Well, I had a a My Buddy doll. Right. And it was, it looked exactly like Chucky, except for the, the, he was a brunette. (laughs) It is scary. <laughs> and on, honestly, though, I I am really looking forward to going back and watching the original uh, three movies uh, in preparation for this because 
I haven't watched any of them since I've grown in greater appreciation for the horror genre. I'd like yeah. to watch them with you because I need to rewatch the original trilogy anyway. So that, let's, that's, let's, let's watch them together. That'd be awesome. <clears throat> and then uh, the other piece of news that was released for Child's Play this week was uh, something that we will love, and that's that Chucky is 80% animatronics. Yeah, nice. and I know we all at least, at least all of us sitting here, and Mike, at least I assume for you, Jake, yeah. we have the same appreciation for practical effects and 100%. not u- overusing CGI because especially CGI just feels like it's getting lazier. Yeah. So just knowing that it's going to look more real, I. I love it. I'm very excited for it. And uh, a cool little tidbit uh, from an interview was uh, the director said, On set, Chucky was controlled and voiced by the lead puppeteer, so Gabriel, who plays Andy, could interact with the doll and also improvise during takes. So I know one of the things we were talking about when uh, it was announced that Mark Hamill was going to take over for the voice, and we're suspecting that somebody else originally did it. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was this guy... uh, uh, Oh man, I didn't actually <laughs> did write down his, his name. name? <laughs> yeah. I did. Yeah, the, the the lead puppeteer. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe he was hired to do the puppeteering and actually do the voice, so it could be a bit more like fluid and cohesive. And it just didn't work out, or something like that. I, I would I would I would venture to guess that their original idea was always to get somebody kind of big for it, because they were really going out on a limb here, doing something separate from Don Mancini's Child's Play, also making it AI. It seems like that seems like way too big of a departure to not try and get somebody big to do the voice. You know what Who I mean? Who would you pick? Who would I pick? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's a big question. Uh, uh, Nicholas Cage, obviously. Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brad Dourif. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just I'm, I'm diehard about Brad Dourif. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like I'm not a purist about many things, but. Is he the one who He's did the original? Him. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. I think the AI um, element, bringing the AI element into the, the the modern day, the 2019 setting for Child's plays is, is a really good idea. It makes it's, sense. Yeah. Because like uh, with like uh, um, the Black Mirror, mm-hmm. you know, those that AI um, horror sort of it's become like its own its own genre, like uh, yeah. ex ex machina, you know, like the. That stuff is terrifying. Like I, honestly, it's scary and it's realistic. It really is. Well, I mean, yeah, and I mean, like back when a movie like uh, like Hardware came out, yeah. it was like, oh, AI, AI going berserk. Like yeah. we didn't even have AI back then, so it was it was like a cool kind of fantasy, right? Fantasy horror. Nowadays, AI is very real. Yeah, and Boston, they're, and they're acoustics, and they're building robots that like can jump ten feet yeah, in the air, yeah, and exactly. like, and then they're gonna load them up with AI. Like, yeah. and we like, keep. Learning AI, it, it, it just doesn't seem like a good idea. Yeah, and we keep hearing on the news about how these companies will create an AI so intense they literally had to delete all of it. <laughs> like, I'm like, what do you sh- think is going to happen? This yeah. Is, yeah. it's bound to happen. Like, I, I feel like I feel like you just need to pump the brakes a little bit. You know, oh, what I mean? AI, I get it. Mike's not here, so I have to. I got to keep dropping these. It's a Nelly song, right? <laughs> I'm gonna, lay, I'm gonna lay mommy AI, AI. Oh. <laughs> that one's for you, Mike. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Well, I'm gonna get through some blues real quick. I don't. Do we have any more uh, any more news? Nope. That's all I've got. Oh, so we're totally breaking 
totally breaking protocol here. I mean, we could talk about the new Godzilla trailer. Yeah, but we'll see how how we feel after What's I do these. What's new on blues? What's baby? new on blues, baby? <laughs> I'm gonna get through these kind of quick. So, uh, Slaughterhouse Rules. We've already talked about it a few times. Uh, it was released in the UK a while back, and we've never had a a release for it in the U.S. for some reason. It's finally been announced that we have a U.S. release date. Digital and select theaters on May 17th and on DVD, just DVD, no Blu-ray, on June 18th from Sony Picture Home Entertainment. Uh, also hitting Blu-ray and DVD April 30th, 2019 is Level 16, in which a young girl is trapped in a prison-like boarding school run by a mysterious headmistress hiding bad intentions. Um... And uh, I have a couple other ones that I I, I could have I could have mentioned, but uh, they for for one reason or another I'm not going to. So the last thing I'm going to touch on is the re-release of Waxworks Friday the Thirteenth vinyl, Ooh. which uh, once again, if young Michael is listening at home, this might be something you want to jump on. Um, so, but is it Steelbook? That's what I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a, a vinyl in in Steelbook? It's like it's like the ultimate disgrace. Um, back in 2014, uh, Waxworks Waxworks Records pressed Harry Manfredini's uh, score for Friday the 13th. Uh, it sold out quickly and a long time ago. Uh, this Friday, it's coming back uh, from Waxworks. Uh, on Facebook, they said, It has a death curse. Coming this Friday, the long-awaited vinyl re-release of Friday the 13th original motion picture soundtrack. Um, the deluxe repress will feature a new cutting master, inserts, and liner notes. And it looks very cool. I, I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, the cover art for it or not. Oh, that's oh nice. But it's super dope. So. Does it say anything about price on there? Uh, it does not. I'm guessing you can probably head over to Waxworks and they have more information about it, but that's all I've got for you right now. So. Alrighty. Um. So yeah, do you want to talk about the? Uh, we're just kind of off the cuff in it on the on the news <laughs> this week. Do you want to talk about the new Godzilla trailer, or should we just save it? Well, let's just save it. All right, we'll save it. AKA, we're not going to talk about it again. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we already talked about it before the show and kind of. Exhausted, it didn't we? We were uh, we were done with our intro in like four minutes, and now here we are at our, our normal our normal timestamp of forty five minutes into the show because we always take too long with the news. So anyway, we're gonna take a little break. Hey, 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 hey! You oh, son geez. of a gun! I'm sorry. I'm sitting in a new seat tonight, and I'm all real cool. Out James. Of, I'm, I'm all out of sorts. Yeah, I'm actually. That's I'm actually, not how we wrap up our news segments. I'm actually sitting in Mike's uh, Mike's spot tonight, and I it's like a whole different. Yeah. It's a yeah. whole different world and, here. And I'm, I'm sitting in your seat, James, and we were talking about this and joking about it. I was like, oh, I, I'm getting a promotion tonight. And you asked, like, oh, can you handle it? And I was like, oh, you, probably. But you didn't warn me about the residual big dick energy over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's what made you say, that's what made you say, Jance the Poop instead of, Jance instead of your actual Jance name. Got, that's it, a big, it is. It's, it's, it's a powerful seat. I, 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 uh, I wield it well, I, I think. Oh, That's like, a big you, dick you, to you, fill. You, you're I, not doing so. I, I will let it. I will let it fill me and empower me. <laughs> <laughs> Mike left the show. I don't know why you're saying something like that. <laughs> All right, Jay. I'm sorry. Well, Go before ahead. you kick me off, yeah. we have to make sure people get their weekly use of knowledge. Yes. They have to learn. I'm the, so learning yeah. is in growth to the brain and is knowledge and stuff. Yeah. And so take that for what it is. Brain. Take your brain thinks and get your head smart. So here's today's stupid fact of the day. Did you know 
that during an average person's lifetime, you will produce enough saliva to fill two swimming pools. Gross. Wow. <laughs> Want to go swimming? Didn't you have a fact about uh, semen the other like a few, oh, yeah, I did weeks, a few weeks, ago? weeks ago? Okay. Oh, what, what's in the clear jugs? Oh, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's saliva. What, what's it? What's in the milk what's jugs? In the white jugs? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry about. Yeah, that. don't worry about that one. <laughs> Do you want to swim in it? <laughs> Good try. So that's it. Boom! That was the news. All right, cool. Now we're gonna take a little break, and uh, when we come back, we're gonna. It's going to be an ode to our fallen friend. Is fallen fallen friends probably not the right way to put it? He's not <laughs> dead, James. Our our soon to be much more uh, handsome, much more handsome, <laughs> much less heavy breathing friend Mike with a uh, a couple of plastic surgery movies. So yeah, we get to stay tuned. Get to find out if he's coming back with a vampiric nose dick or with a <laughs> vagina. Throughout this Dulce, faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. All right. So, uh, first up here, we're talking about the movie Rabid from 1977, directed by David Cronenberg. The Cronster. Uh, the, the Baron of Blood. And the other one that I, I noticed on his IMDb, they call him the uh, the king of venereal horror. Yes. Like, what? I saw that and I was like, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to explore this too much more. <laughs> I'm just like, That's, I don't know if I'd want to be known as that. Because I know that I know that venereal on its on its own has a completely different meaning, but who hears the word venereal and doesn't attach disease to the end of it? That's just what Good you point. do. It's like just imagine uh, his wife's like, "Yeah, my husband, he's the king of venereal horror." It's like, <laughs> "Oh, are, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> is, is everything all right at home? Are you, are, are you seeking treatment?" <laughs> um, so, uh, from 1977, a young woman develops a taste for human blood after undergoing experimental plastic surgery and her victims turn into rabid bloodthirsty zombies who proceed to infect others which turns into a citywide epidemic that's a that's a pretty good one IMDB mm-hmm. yeah they, and, they don't get them they don't get them right very often but that one was pretty good and I I appreciated that uh, I appreciate that honestly because I, I found the vampire zombie combination to be kind of a bold move. Yeah, but it paid off in a way that only in eighties. Oh, excuse me, I'm a little burpy. Seventies, seventies. Uh, thank you. It's, yeah. it paid off in a way that only a seventies or eighties, I would say, movie could. Yeah, yeah. There's a the, the uh, kind of the cro- cross categorical because I didn't I I had never seen this movie before, so I didn't really know what I was getting into, and it's it's really kind of interesting. Like the movie's called Rabid, so I I just assumed you know. Some derivative of rabies. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I didn't see the, I didn't see the weird uh, stinger armpit butthole thing coming. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, that I, was that was a big surprise to me. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because the uh, every description made a point, especially Shutter, and I wish I had wrote it down. They make a point to say that there is a phallic stinger in mm. her armpit. It's like, why do we have to say it's phallic? Like, I get it. I, I see it. It looks like a penis, but you're making me uncomfortable there, Shudder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's what it is, though. It's, yeah. it's uh... I immediately thought armpit penis. That's what I have 
in my nose. In pit, your armpit? A pit armpit penis. penis. A pit penis. It's an unusual patinas. weapon. Patinas. <laughs> I don't know about you guys when you get erect, but mine shoots out violently <laughs> with a with a, and it has a thorn. With a barb on the end? <laughs> that was a very that was a very Michael statement. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm still getting out of character here, you know. I'm a method actor. So but so, uh, so interestingly enough, the uh the the lead in this movie, Rose, is played by one Marilyn Chambers, a very famous pornography actress oh. from the time. It, it's so funny because as I was watching the movie, I was like, wow, she is unbelievably attractive. And I did a search <laughs> of like Oh, it's because she's a porn star. <laughs> that totally ex- that totally explains the unnecessary boob shots. Yeah, there's two very unnecessary boob shots in this movie. Well, there's a lot of them actually. Yeah, there's a I lot was... of boob shots in both these movies. Well, I yeah. I, I had in my I had in my notes and uh, bare breast shots. I should I, say. I apologize for the. I all my notes are handwritten this week, so there will be a lot of uh, flipping of pages and stuff like that. But I had in my notes that. Essentially, essentially, Marilyn Chambers just had to do what she normally does, mm-hmm. just without the penetration. And then I go, right. and then I go, oh wait, still penetration. She's doing the penetration. Yeah, it's just she's doing it. So, um, so yeah, she was she was casted as the as the lead. Uh, David Cronenberg originally wanted to cast Sissy Spacek mm-hmm. for the lead, and the the studio was concerned about two things. They said her accent, which. Uh, for as for as much as I love Sissy Spacek, and as as much as uh, I've I've seen you know like her her movies, I don't think I ever realized that she has a Texan accent. Yeah, I I never noticed, and honestly, the only thing that I've seen her in is uh, in Castle Rock because oh. she plays the mother in Castle right. Rock, and she is fantastic. You, you've never seen Carrie. I, I oh uh-huh. I, I have guess you? I, I guess I have seen yeah. another one. It's been a long time, just like every other movie I've <laughs> and seen. Then, in the past. And then the other, so they were the oh. studio was concerned about her Texas accent, as if she couldn't. I mean, you can get rid of that. That's pretty easy. Yeah. But these all these also are Canadians, so they mm-hmm. probably thought like, you know, it's hard to get rid of a Texas accent. I, I have no idea. But they were also concerned about her freckles. She's she has too many freckles to be a lead. In a, in a movie, they this was this was, bef- this was before Carrie. Oh, gotcha. So like it, it was it, she had she had just done a movie. She was hot off of a movie, and and like David Cronenberg saw her in this, and he's like, she would be fantastic in this movie. Took her to the studio. They turned her down. Let's and, get a uh, porn star in there. Come on, <laughs> think with your head. <laughs> they, David. they said they said we need a name, but we don't have any money. Well, so uh, you you that go. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you should so. see what this girl will do for a thousand bucks. And and when you, uh... well, he said he said I I love the way he put it. I I was uh, I was watching an interview with him, and he's like, so, uh, so you know, Marilyn Chambers. Like uh, I saw her, and like I was like, yeah, this could work. And and she really uh, like people. She really appeals to people because she's got. Kind of this uh, this girl next door look. She's not some tarted up slut. <laughs> but, <laughs> what? But, but she'll. Uh, but but she's the type who, even though she looks like the girl next door, she's still willing to do all the the nudity and the weird stuff. So wow. he's like, oh yeah, sign her up. And <laughs> then it, it turned out like she had actually wanted to get into legitimate film mm-hmm. uh, prior to this, and this was her. You know, this was her her gateway into it, and she did a hell of a job. I thought. Yeah, I thought, I, she was, I thought she was for for the first time on camera having to do some real acting and not just you know. I thought it was she okay. Was doing before. To but be honest, my but my point is like, 
we've all seen porn before. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what the acting chops are like in a yeah. porn film. Like for yeah. her to come in and actually take it seriously and like and yeah. try and be, like she wasn't great. With the right, I, thought she, of her... I thought she was serviceable. Yeah. <laughs> was she ever? <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so um, she uh, Marilyn Chambers played Rose. We had Frank Moore as Hart Reed. He was the the boyfriend who uh, seems like he didn't really spend that much time at no. her bedside while she was recovering no. for a month at this weird plastic surgery place. Yeah, yeah he. We should get into the plot. I mean, at some point, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Really, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm getting there. Okay, I'm getting there. okay, okay. So, so okay. All right, so I'm on. sorry. I'm excited. Come on. Yeah. Well, let's get into the plot then. There's not. I mean, there's there's, there's not. Much there are there are <laughs> there are some recognizable faces in this, but we'll uh, pretty much all you need to know is Marilyn Chambers. Yeah. And uh, like you said, he the boyfriend didn't seem to spend a whole lot of time by her bedside, in spite of the fact that. Uh, She's there because of him. Right. The, the movie starts off with uh, they're getting on their motorcycle, looking all BA and whatnot. They're like, "We cool. We're on this Yamaha looking device," uh, <laughs> and they're riding down, riding through the countryside. And um, it cuts back and forth between them riding the bike and a van for some reason is doing this weird Y turn. A wife is mad mad at her husband because he missed a turn, so he's turning around and. They're on this very long straightaway, like a lot of space, and uh, you just see the motor. It cuts back and forth. And you're like, "Oh, is the motorcycle going to hit them?" And but me, I'm sitting there like, "They have plenty of time to stop." Yeah. Right? You, you literally have a half mile to slow yeah. down. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, she's, and the wife's like, "Oh God!" And the husband's oh God. like, "Oh God, they're going to hit us!" And they hit them. Yes. And it's in what commences is the most ridiculous motorcycle crash scene ever. The bike is actually slowing down and you see them going slower. And then it cuts to them speeding up again and they hit the car. It flips off the front of the vehicle, which if you hit a van like that on a bike, you're just like dead stop. You're in trouble. Mm -hmm. And then it, it flips over the vehicle goes off into the, the grass field next to it yeah and the boyfriend he gets thrown off the girlfriend is underneath and then the motorcycle revs up and then it explodes for no reason now I don't ride motorcycles but uh, the engine of a motorcycle won't rev like that unless there's somebody on the throttle right well if you tip over a carbureted motorcycle the gravity will work in a way where it actually will send more gas into the engine really and so it'll start revving up. I know yeah. this from, uh, I used to dirt bike. <laughs> from your many, many <laughs> bike crashes? <laughs> well, I used to ride dirt bikes, so yeah. yes. And uh, so when you would drop a dirt bike, if it falls at the right angle where it just sends gas into the carburetor in the right way, which it's very easy to do that, it'll just start revving up. Really? But if you you literally have like two minutes just to go and hit the kill switch, like calmly walk over and like... Okay, baby, okay. But instead, for some reason, it explodes. Well, it stands to reason that maybe there was a like a gas leak or something like that. But even if there's a gas leak. So she's pinned under yeah. the bike and, and <laughs> suffers uh, massive burns. massive burning to her entire to her entire body. Um, when they get there to pick her up, they 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 do what you're supposed to do when you come across a motorcycle accident victim and they put her on the stretcher with the helmet on. Mm -hmm. You don't want to remove the helmet just in case there's neck injury, right? Yep. Tugging on the helmet is going to 
exacerbate that. Yeah. So they they put her they put her into this ambulance and they don't have time to take her to a real hospital. So they yes. take her to this weird experimental plastic surgery hospital. So so going so yes, that's what I wanted to talk about. It's awfully convenient that this motorcycle accident happens, this freak motorcycle accident that appeared to be easily avoidable. <laughs> they just fucking hit the brake. Um, but the, the the motorcycle incinerate, and it just happens to be within uh, basically the sight line of this weird uh, plastic surgeon's office. And for some reason, they have a plastic surgery patient on the roof playing lookout with binoculars. <laughs> oh, hey! There's a there's a motorcycle accident. I can see it. We should send our weird ambulance over there and bring them to our obscure uh, plastic surgery office in the middle of a fucking field. Not a real hospital. Yes, we should do that. And this lady has, like, she has pl- obvious fresh um, plastic surgery around her eyes. Yeah. The whole, that that is a plot point to me that was just ludicrous. I'm like, how is that even a thing? Like, yeah. I, there's way better ways to explain and, why they wound up at this. And she was with the clinic. guy who had, like, the really, yes. looked like really poorly done wrapping around his head. Like, Mr. I don't know what uh, kind of, I don't know what kind of procedure he just had. <laughs> he had a toothache. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looked like. He looked like old Bob Marley with his, uh, with yeah. not Bob Marley, uh, Bob, what the hell's the guy from uh, Christmas Carol? Bob Ratchet, Bob Cratchit. I don't Bob, know. You no don't know idea. what I'm talking about. He had the head wrap. Never mind. It doesn't matter. Lloyd Walsh. Is Lloyd the guy. Walsh. Is oh the, yeah, yeah. Mr. W- Lloyd Walsh, who apparently is a patient and some kind of a I don't know Lloyd, groundskeeper. Lloyd Walsh also runs like a Nancy. Did you notice that? I did not <laughs> notice that. He had a running shirt on. It said something about running. There was uh, there was one there was now. one point where he's out talking to uh, like he's walking somebody to a car. I think he's ra- walking. Uh, what was his name? Hart was that the the boyfriend? Yeah, Hart. It seems like Hart's been there for a little while in recovery because he's he's had a bad concussion and I think he broke a shoulder his, uh, issue yeah, or yeah, something. Broke yeah. like messed up his shoulder or something. And he's walking him out to the car, so he's going home. And then when he turns to run back into the center, oh. he like does this. He does this weird little run. He's clearly never run before. <laughs> yeah. Just like uh, that's something plastic surgery can't help, I guess. Yeah. Um. So she's she's uh, she's basically put into a drug-induced coma. Yeah, there's some some unusual um, experimental plastic surgery techniques taking place at this this random clinic in, in the middle of a field near the site of an accident. Um, and if you know anything about burn victims and the extensive amount of recovery they have to do, uh, I'd say after a month worth of <laughs> worth of healing, she's she's looking pretty good. Yeah. Literally not a burn on her body. Yeah. <laughs> so it's perfect. Yeah. When, when she when she first like there's uh, the scene where it's kind of just quiet. It's nighttime in the plastic, like the this plastic, the keloid, keloid, the keloid center, I think mm-hmm. it was called. And uh, I'll be honest, when she, the first time she woke up, because you're just seeing like a shot of the nurse, like sitting out doing whatever at the front desk. And then all of a sudden they cut to a shot of um, Rose sitting upright in bed and screaming like directly into the camera. Mm-hmm. That got me. That scream it, it gave me a pretty good startle. Okay. That scream was so dang good when yeah. it happened. Like it, there's just something about seventies and eight, especially seventies movies where the screams and the sounds that people make as they're being killed in the movies are just so much more real and so much more impactful. Mm-hmm. It 
it got me too. Like it, it wasn't necessarily a jump scare sort of getting me, but I felt the intensity of it just because of the way she was screaming. It was, it, I, it was intense. Like I felt it, and nobody really noticed it. And it was a blood curdling scream, and then the, the one nurse is like, "I think I heard something." Yeah, that that, <laughs> that happens around here. I'm is, just gonna go back to my cards. Is that when uh, Lloyd Walsh goes in to check on her? Uh, that is, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so he he thinks he heard something, so he's gonna go in and uh, be good guy Lloyd and, and check why, on her. Why is he there? And why is he in his PJ? Why is every person, every man in there, always in his PJs? Right. Because it's understand. comfortable. <laughs> but, but, Why is he there? But Lloyd only seems to be doing he he only seems to be doing work on his face. Like at one point in time, yeah. he mentions that he got like his earlobes done or something, and then he's getting some eye work done. He has noticeably bad. It looks like real upper lip surgery or some kind of a Botox or something. Like his upper lip is really like just. I don't know, what's the word? Distended? Dis- Destroyed. It's, it's just like... It's just like <laughs> Distended, yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's inflamed. Yeah. But I, I think it's I a think, way... I don't think I noticed that, actually. Yeah, it's, it looked... I think... I thought it was an interesting casting choice because I think either he just was born that way from just ripping on the guy's <laughs> upper lip or he did actually have some pretty crappy uh, plastic surgery. Um, so he runs in and then um, you but, discover that Rose has some sort of... Uh, attraction to well she talks about uh yeah she just says she's so cold like yeah. he she needs human affection he's actually almost. trying to be a good guy yeah. he's like not creeping yeah. like he walks in and she's exposed her yeah out and he like no pulls reason. the blanket he pulls the blanket up over her yeah. and, and yeah. even he's acknowledges be... he's like i'm not very comfortable with this yeah, like he's... very like good guy good guy lloyd mm-hmm. yeah good yeah. guy lloyd good guy lloyd and he's you know he's just trying to uh comfort her a little bit and then she gets up and she hugs him and she says oh your body's so warm i just want to I, like just just hold me for a few minutes because you're so warm, and then that's when you Zap. don't. Yeah, you don't actually see it happen the yeah. first time, but all of a sudden there's a jolt. He's like, in, "Do you have a knife or something?" Like a, that's yeah, what like, he says. To oh her. yeah, he yeah, does. Yeah, yeah something's yeah. poking. And then suddenly, like his shirt just starts getting bloody, and the fact that it happens in his armpit. I'm sitting there, and I thought I missed something. Like is happening like why is he suddenly bloody and i paused it i went back and i watched it like what is going on this is this is the part this scene where i i took note and said like this is this is just marilyn chambers doing what she usually does (laughs) she's like faking an orgasm the whole time yes exactly (laughs) and so she uh she gets what she needs from him she obviously like even though they don't show the phallic stinger at this point in time it's pretty clear that she's you know taking blood from him I yeah. thought it was like um, I just thought that her skin grafts in some way or another like attached to him. Like I thought that would have made sense. Like because that's what she had done. She had experimental skin surgery. You yeah, know? yeah. I I guess I didn't know what was going on. And up to this point, I hadn't seen any of the things in the reviews, like you said, with a phallic stinger. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, and honestly, I I have this really bad habit of ruining movies for myself because I paused and I looked at the uh, the synopsis for the first time. Actually, I don't know how I missed it and then i read the part about the phallic stingers like crap i didn't actually want to know i I just need to stop being curious and not ruin the movies and i didn't learn my lesson because i did that for the next movie as well i have to bring up the fact that you ruined the second movie for yourself too why would you do that i don't know it because it was such a good twist too it was it was a good idiot you gotta just stop i'm so curious and i was mike and i literally so well and it's not even like it's 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 not even like you like you were reading about the movie before you started it 
you started watching the movie, you got to a part that you thought was weird, and then you decided to look into it. <laughs> I did! Just watch the fucking movie! I know! I know. All of your it, questions will be answered. And what's even worse is, I had a bonfire at my place on Sunday, and Mike and I were talking about spoilers, and he mentioned last week that he doesn't mind spoilers, and I told him, like, dude, I can't stand when things are spoiled. And here I'm, I am doing it to myself, and I'm just... Twice. Every time, twice! And I get so mad. I'm just... <laughs> Oh, I'm fired up. It's mm. your own fault. Somebody man. give me a beer. Jan's got to poop. Not. So <laughs> then, then he, so she, she afflicts um, Lloyd Walsh with something. He's not. He's acting weird. Um, he's just kind of, uh, just kind of out of it. Yeah, he's sort of like shuffling around. Yeah, yeah. They think good guy Lloyd uh, molested her while she was asleep. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. They're trying to pin this on him because like there's blood all over the walls, and she's saying she don't doesn't know what happened. And this they, is the first signs of life of her since the procedure, right? She's been in a coma this entire time, right? Mm-hmm. And the doctor's been monitoring her status, and he's really interested after this incident happens. And he ends up going check, to check on it, right? Is that the? Um, is there I something think, else? I think what happens before that is uh, Rose wakes up again, and this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Rose wakes up again, and she, you know, she's she has the thirst for blood again. She realizes because the they thirst. have her hooked. They have her hooked it. Sorry, but I just yeah, okay. <laughs> they have I her hooked to these like uh, like nutrient packs and stuff. Like oh, she's yeah. like her only sustenance so thus far is coming from these nutrient packs. But they're <laughs> she feels like they're making her sick. So at one point in time, she rips out the the IV, grabs a coat, and she hits oh, the hits right, the road. Right. She ends up at this farm. Yeah, that's and she, right. She sneaks into the to the uh, to the barn. And she sees a cow, and you know, she's, uh, this nice big warm creature. So she lays down next to the cow and stabs it with her stinger. The cow takes it pretty well. Yeah, cow's like, oh, it really a nice doesn't. Cow. It really doesn't like, affect oh, the cow at all. I don't need all this blood. And then, uh, but then she immediately starts barfing because cow's blood just isn't cutting it. It was not a grass-fed cow. It wasn't. And it. Uh, <laughs> she, all those, uh, all the the extra hormones and stuff get to her. <laughs> so the the old drunk farmer stumbles in and he sees her laying like who's in there like what yeah. do we got here oh he, lady <laughs> one of my favorite lines is he looks at her she's she, she had just vomited a ton of blood so she's got blood all over her face and he goes he he takes her by the shoulders and he goes you got blood on your mouth oh you like me huh? <laughs> i'm like that is a huge leap in logic yeah <laughs> i've been really drunk in my life and if a girl had blood on her mouth I'd get the fuck out of there real quick. Yeah, you wouldn't it, assume that she was into you. No. I'd <laughs> is say that not, something's not right. Is that not a green flag? <laughs> <laughs> I've been going about this all wrong. It, it's go time. <laughs> green. <laughs> red means go. You look ready. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, yeah, so uh, basically this this kind of thing just keeps happening. She's feeding on everybody in the hospital. There's the yeah. uh, Well, she attacks the farmer, and then he is afflicted too, just like Lloyd Walsh was, and then it right. just keeps spiraling that yeah, way. Yeah, between yeah. Lloyd and the farmer, that's where the, the secondary story comes in, where obviously it's affecting them in a, in a weird way. Yeah, it's like um, a contagion almost. And she makes her way back to the hospital. She's trying to call her boyfriend, but he's, you know, like working on his bike. Working on motorcycles. He's, of course. <laughs> After on he it. 
crashed his fucking motorcycle. <laughs> Let me. I'm gonna turn this bolt on this engine and hope that Rose calls me. And he's doing it with a he's doing it with a denim jacket with the collar pop. I have a lot of problems <laughs> with Hart. <laughs> Something's a little off with Hart. I don't know. Hart thinks he's Bruce Springsteen. He and just he's thinks not. He's, he just thinks he's like the blue collar man of the people. He's a dipshit who can't people. ride a motorcycle <laughs> or fix one, from what I can tell, based on his uh, mechanical prowess. I don't know about Hart. <laughs> Um, so there's, there's a lot of weird characters like walking around in this hospital. Yes. Um, there's the one girl, like there's one girl who, what was her name? Judy, Judy Glassberg. She walks in when you're first introduced to her, she walks in and one of the nurses goes, Oh, you're back. And she says, uh, she says, she says, daddy didn't, yeah, daddy didn't think the new nose was different enough. So I'm back for more alterations. It is a good, (laughs) like, who's your dad? What, what's wrong with him? Why is he forcing you to have a nose job? That line, um, it, it, uh, kind of, I felt like it was a commentary on plastic surgery in general. You know, it's like this, um, this sort of, um, it's like a cultural commentary about plastic surgery. It's like, I already, I already had surgery, but this uh, unrealistic expectation of what I should look like and what yeah. I do look like don't align with one another. So I'm going to have more work done. So I think it was kind of like a, a dig on plastic surgery in general, which I think this movie is... That's a good point. I, that's how I took it. Because anyway. that is reality. I mean, like, if you look at these people who are like... It's, it's something that you almost get addicted to, which yeah. is weird. It's, it's a form of body dysmorphia for the most part. I mean, there certainly are reasons to have plastic surgery, but sure, a lot yeah. of people are just... Well, I mean, especially functional reasons, like yeah. our good buddy Mike's getting exactly. his, his septum undeviated so that he can <laughs> yeah. breathe like a normal human being. But some people are just chasing that unattainable goal. You that know, image it's like, of perfection. Yeah, what which, is perfection? Which I mean. is really strange because when you look at it, like, to me, I when I look at... Uh, People who have like their lips done, especially like I know this is very popular for women to get like lip fillers yeah. and stuff, and yeah. and you look at them and you're just like, that does not look good. Yeah, why did you do that? You look yeah. like you're permanently like doing the duck face. Yeah, now. Just, don't do that. Yeah, don't yeah. do that. Or now Allie's watching implants. a show right now called uh, Selling Sun- Sunset, which is about all these like way oh, too rich yeah, I know real estate about. agents in Los Angeles, and there's a couple of them that have that, and it just I I can't watch it just because of that. Yeah, like it's bizarre it, looking. It, it's like a trash reality show, and it's on the <laughs> better end of trash reality, but. There's a better it, end to trash reality. I, I <laughs> watch Millionaire Matchmaker, then watch this show, and yeah. you will see what I mean. <laughs> Allie will Allie will watch all of it. There I'm are just levels like, to this thing. Oh my gosh! I have I have watched that Million Dollar Listing show before, and just like I like it's it, it's like a whole different world that I'll never know anything about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just the stuff that they care about. I'm yeah. like, really? That's and I was telling Allie that. Uh, the show is like dissatisfying, not even unsatisfying, <laughs> but dissatisfying because you're watching these uh, rich bachelors go and buy their bachelor pad, and they're three th- three thousand square feet, and they're up on the hills of Los Angeles with these wonderful views, and like, oh yeah, I guess this is okay. Like, oh, a couple million, here you go. Like, I, I guess this will work, and I'm just like. I was super happy with my house up until I started watching the show and realized yeah. there are people are, that are nonchalantly buying these amazing properties. It's like, I can't watch this. Well, hey, take comfort in knowing that your house won't be completely destroyed in a landslide. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> there goes $2 million out the door. Yeah. <laughs> or buy a semi-truck. 
<laughs> yeah, based oh, on, yeah. Uh, what you you mentioned that earlier. What happened? Yeah, I, I forgot to say it during our like bullshit in, in, in the beginning. There was a, uh, a semi truck in our area today that blew a tire out while driving, entered the opposite lane of traffic. It was a, a two lane road, and uh, it hit a, a, a F two fifty head on, and then went into a house and took out a, a complete house. It, it just collapsed down to the ground. Oh my god! Was, so devastating, man. Was there any injuries or anything? The semi truck driver had minor injuries, and that was it. That's it. Yep. Wow! How do you go head on into an F two fifty and survive? I don't know, man. Yeah. Semi. Well, I mean, the F two fifty driver, I would feel like, would be well. The Ford's man built like a beast. <laughs> <laughs> that Ford, don't don't call it Ford tough for nothing. <laughs> They're all aluminum now. I don't know. <laughs> the fuck. That's scary though, man. Yeah, Imagine that's... like you're just like out at work or doing your normal stuff, and then you get a, you come home to come home, and you don't have a home anymore like that. Well, that's. I mean, that scares me because I'm in my home all day with my kids. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like that shit God, scares me. Man. Can you imagine coming home? And you're like, oh, home another day. <laughs> What? Oh my That's god. A semi truck in my house? You call your insurance company there the reading was it a uh, <laughs> give us some uh, give us some examples. Oh yeah, exactly. Could oh, you no. could you take some pictures of the house for no, there's no house left. Was it a yeah. ficus the tree? House is gone. <laughs> <laughs> right. <It's a> tree. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> All right, but, so back to the movie, right? Yeah. Where are we at? So the contagion is now starting to spread, right? Right. So, so uh, I, th- I think the first tr- uh, transformation you kind of see into this uh, this rabid sort of flesh eating zombie thing is is Lloyd. Yeah, he is in the car with is, is he with a cop? Uh, I think it's just a driver. Like he's getting he well he leaves. No, that's what happens. He goes to a hospital. I think mm-hmm. in in downtown Montreal. They're very. Um, very specific about showing. They're very proud of Montreal, and they show a lot of shots. So he's down. He's downtown somewhere, and he has a very unusual looking bed or uh, bedmate or roommate, I guess, mm-hmm. next to him. This guy with this gnarly comb over. There's a lot of very unusual looking men oh, in this film. That guy. You that? that guy and the guy with the. He's got a really kind of weird cadence, like a weird way of talking. Yeah, to. and he's smoking cigarettes. Yeah, that guy uh, also plays. He he essentially plays the exact same role in. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the brood. Oh, okay. Like huh. he's just a weird, random yeah. patient at this strange. Uh, instead of a plastic surgery hospital, it's a, it's a, uh, like a psych hospital. Okay. So yeah, that but must yeah, be his, he, just, his he always plays a he's such a wacky character yeah. too. Like he's just a strange dude. <laughs> yeah. So he he said like Lloyd is there and he's recouping and then. He grabs his coat and his even his his uh, roommates like what are you doing like you know he's like I'm fine I'm fine he brushes it off he gets into a car with the driver they're on the freeway and then Lloyd loses his shit he's he's spewing vomit I believe some kind of bile from his it's like mouth green foamy yeah. yeah and then he attacks the driver the driver uh, veers the vehicle off of a um, off a like a an overpass a yeah. bridge. In front of a semi, yeah. semi cream like that's a, that's a bad way to go. <laughs> but uh, then yeah, gets creamed by a semi, and then um, I guess that's it with Floyd. Really. Yeah, yeah. And then you see the uh, you see the 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 old farmer. He goes into a um, ca- a diner cafe, or something. Diner. Yeah. He yeah. says, "I need half a chicken to go." Yeah. And then like another guy's waiting for his order. As soon as the guy's order comes out, like uh, the the uh, 
the farmer grabs it. He's like, yeah. I need to eat. I yeah. need to eat. He just starts scarfing down <laughs> this chicken. The guy's like, oh, I think that's mine. Yeah. Hey, and hey, then he, <laughs> that guy pal, was, hey, guys. Excuse me. Excuse me. Can I, can I help you? That, that's fine. <laughs> and, and he, uh, he, then he attacks uh, waitress. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then from that point on, like most of, cause it, it was kind of, it was kind of weird. Like I thought to myself, cause at, at some point in time, they, uh, they, put martial law into effect yeah and i was thinking man canada really puts martial law into effect pretty quickly but i don't think that you really you don't you don't see the scope of the epidemic mm-hmm. on screen really because you don't see the the disease being passed quickly like you would in a zombie movie like yeah. you don't see like hordes of people running around but at some point in time you just like uh, like rose goes back to stay with her best friend for a little while Mm-hmm. And the best friend uh, is just sitting there doing something at the table, and in the background, like you hear a, a, a newscaster talking about some weird epidemic that's possibly a, a strain of rabies that's going on. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of when you 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 get the scope of what's actually going yeah. on, like and the I, fact that this is actually a widespread sort of thing. And honestly, I love the way they handled it. Like like you mentioned, a lot of zombie movies typically will handle the epidemic and just show it in a very obvious way and like, look how big it is. In this movie, it really was taking a backseat and you could see that things were going on. Like you could tell that they had done martial law. They started incorporating uh, curfews. You could see like all the garbage trucks that they would fill the dead bodies and or d- fill the dead bodies. Yeah, with. they had like hazmat crews driving mm-hmm. around, like throwing bodies into yeah. sanitation trucks and stuff. It, like yeah. it, it's clear that there was. It was clear that this turned into something big, and it's something they responded to it in a big way. And it was, I, I don't know. There was just something they did just the right amount in this movie to where it allowed the story to be well balanced between the zombie subplot and the main plot which is what's going on with uh Marilyn uh, uh Rose Rose thank yeah. you that's her well and she's she's kind of unaware of the epidemic yeah like she just thinks she's traveling around and and like feeding on people and they're seemingly okay after she gets done with them like yeah. she takes a little bit of blood and then they go about their business. They she doesn't. She don't. She doesn't really understand what's happening to them afterward. Yeah, and, and to the point where she's incredulous when somebody tells her it's you, like you're the cause of all this. And she's like, No, 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 it's yeah. not me. Wasn't that? Uh, wasn't that her boyfriend that told her? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think so. And really, that uh, I I don't want to skip to the end too soon, but that's really how it comes to the end because she she's just convinced she's like there is no way this can be connected to me and what she ends up doing is uh she locks herself in a room with somebody who she had fed off of and she calls heart on the phone and heart's like "Uh uh-uh don't don't do that and she's like no no it's gonna be fine she's trying to prove that this guy's not gonna turn yeah and as you're in i love this ending scene because it it had such a classic tragic feel to it that horror had a lot uh especially during the time period a lot of tragic endings uh that you would see in sci-fi and horror in the 60s and 70s where she's sitting there she's on the phone and uh you can you 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 see the guy gradually get up from the couch and you know he's turned now and he's just walking toward her and she's trying to reassure Hart, like, no, everything's going to be okay. We're just, like, we're going to be back together. I just want to prove that this is, 
that this is not going to happen. And this guy's slowly walking toward her, and Hart's losing his shit on the other mm-hmm. end of the line. He's like, just get out! Yeah. Please get out! Yeah, and it, and she notices it, and she sees what's happening, and she, she sees that he was right. And then... She says, I'm scared. She says, I'm scared. And that was just so so tragic Mm -hmm. to me like she had no idea the damage she caused like she was arguably innocent as far as uh her own mind goes and it was it was such a great ending because typically horror movies they end in these big scary ways like big payoff like holy crap this is intense whereas this was more of an intense like intense emotional ending where it was heartbreaking and when uh heart hears her basically die because one of her victims killed her mm-hmm. he just starts beating the crap out of this phone and i'm like i it felt like such a realistic a genuine, reaction yeah genuine and, reaction and to add insult to injury to make it even more tragic i i think it's safe to say we can probably wrap this movie up here so i'm just going to kind of talk about the end after she dies her body is found by yeah. one of the sanitation crews outside and they just pick her up like she's being chewed on by a Doberman pincher or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They shoo the dog away. They grab her body. They throw it into a, one of the garbage trucks and then hit the lever to crush it. And she is the source of. She's the source of this epidemic, so. It stands to reason that there might be something within her in her blood that could be used as an antidote. Mm-hmm. But they don't know that because she's yeah. just some dead body on the side of the road. Yep. So they throw her into this this truck and crush her. She's gone. She gone. And she gone. <laughs> and, and there goes there goes your possible antidote. Yeah. So this right. thing's just going to continue to spread worldwide. Yeah. It was. It just felt like such a classic '60s or '70s ending to me. And it's some of those endings that it's one of those endings that's going to stick with me. And it's one of those. It's going to be one of the reasons why I'm definitely going to watch this movie again. Yeah. Because it it's it was just a depressing like heart-wrenching ending mm-hmm. rather than the modern endings that we see in horror movies. Right. Because every, everything nowadays is wrapped up in a nice little package and you sort of yeah. feel good at the end. Yeah, but whereas this, this is just one, like hopeless. It's like, yeah. hey, you felt fine so far because this was a fun ride and now it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So overall, what did you guys... What did you guys think? What would you? I really liked it. I yeah. I did. Uh, it was it was weird. They never really explained why she underwent that transformation. Like it yeah. doesn't. All they were doing was an experimental uh, skin graft procedure. Mm-hmm. So why would she all of a sudden develop this organ? That's one of the the things that I, that was one of my gripes with the movie. I felt like um, it, it, it like it, I had a trouble. I had trouble suspending disbelief. Because it just it just didn't make a lot of sense. The the contagion starts as a product of a skin graft, which evolves into a armpit sarlacc. No, uh, <laughs> no. has a penis did, jumping out. Did of the it. doctor who performed the surgery did he explain at one point in time? Because this was uh, they they took they took skin from her thighs. Yeah, they put it in a tube and they sent it off to a lab to become. Uh, would they call it denaturalized? Yeah, I can't or, remember. They they basically wanted it so that like um, like a lot of times like if you graft skin from your thigh onto your chest, the skin on your thigh and the skin on your chest are two completely different textures. Like you've mm-hmm. got sort of like rough, coarse, uh, like thick skin on your thighs as compared to this like nice supple skin on your chest. Yeah. But this procedure that they did, uh, 
denaturalized the skin and made it so that it would basically morph into whatever whatever area of the body that you were putting it on. Okay. And there's one point where he's actually he's looking... He's explaining it, yeah. Well, there's a point where he's looking under the microscope and he's mm-hmm. looking at the cells and you can actually see that there are a few... They look like sperm. They're the, like... <laughs> well, there's like you see all these healthy, like yeah. natural round cells floating around yeah. and then there's a few who have a little barb yeah, coming off right. them and they're okay. stabbing the cells around them. Yeah. So it, it, it's, Maybe it mutated, perhaps, yeah, something so like that. Like something in the process that happened when they sent it off to the lab to be denaturalized or whatever the hell it was. When it came back, it had that mutation already. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So I didn't really consider that. So it attacked the cells that. in her yeah. body and caused this weird mutation. Mm-hmm. Um, David Cronenberg even said at one point in time, like, he was halfway through the movie and he was, like, just looking at dailies and he's like this is nonsense. Yeah. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And then, yeah. like, one of the producers was like, you're doing something bigger than what's actually going on here. Yeah. Like, this had, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter why this is happening. Mm-hmm. It just matters that it is happening. And, okay. and, and he's like, okay, all right. And all in all, like, even, even with that gripe of not knowing where the, like, the origins of this thing and why it would happen, um, I liked it. Like I didn't yeah. really, I didn't really need that at the end. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. Because it was a pretty good story. Yeah, and it was it was fun in a way that classic horror movies yeah. are fun. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a good like, you know, you're hanging out with your friends, having some drinks, and hey, yeah. let's throw on rabid. Yeah. You know, or, like, or even for me, like, wake up a little bit earlier on a Saturday morning, and you just want something chill in the background that you can fall asleep to. Like that. <laughs> okay. I, I, that's, okay, Jason. <laughs> Your life is awesome. <laughs> Wake up on a Saturday morning, throw on a movie, go back to sleep. Yeah. That that has not happened in years, and I'm trying to recreate those emotions, and it's just going to lead to disappointment. And I'm not making peace with that yet. It's a nice little, for me, I'm like, I'm cooking up some pancakes and bacon for my kids, rabbits on in the background. It's just a nice little Saturday. <laughs> Sipping your coffee, reading the Bible, you know. I did, uh, I did almost finish, I didn't finish this, um, movie until um this afternoon and uh my two-year-old son was watching with it watching it with me for a a brief moment i'm like maybe not maybe i'm not winning dad of the year anytime soon if i do continue to watch this and it was getting it was towards the end where the ending is pretty it gets pretty uh pretty uh pretty graphic towards the end there are there are a lot of lulls in action but yeah the endings yeah there's a lot of things i mean like a a cop uh, or one of the one of the military guys sees one of the rabid people and uh they're in a mall yeah and so he goes and he goes to pick off this rabid person but takes out the mall santa at the same time (laughs) right i'm like oh somebody's going on paid leave yeah (laughs) i was like clearly this is a canadian movie because i don't know how to work guns (laughs) apparently in canada the uh santa's helpers are super sexy women too oh yeah you could basically see her entire ass yeah what was that i don't know yeah i don't know where is this mall and how do i get there Yeah, the, uh, just one last thing I wanted to say about it. Um, I liked the kill a lot at the towards the end of the movie. One of the um, the construction workers, um, I forget who it's like some kind of constituent. I don't I don't know who they are, but they're in a they're in a like a station wagon. Mm-hmm. They're pulling into that dirt road. Yeah, and they're, they're, there's like a, a truck blocking their access to this road. Uh-huh. And then these two construction workers come out and. Um, 
the one just yanks a jackhammer out, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. And just fucks them up. Like, just like he starts, stabs it through the driver's yeah. door and just starts jackhammering yeah. the driver. And my son was watching. I'm like, okay, we're done here. That's good. <laughs> turn this one off. Turn yeah. Barney back on. You're exactly, yeah. Let's let's yeah. watch uh, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs for the 500th <laughs> time and uh, turn yeah. this off. Which, uh, which in its way, has its own set of horrors. It sure does. It sure <laughs> um, does. So last thing, apparently there is a remake of this. Uh, in production, directed by the Saska sisters. Oh. Uh, it, 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 it allegedly went into production about nine months ago, and it's starring uh, Laura Vandevort, hmm. who is uh, Supergirl, if I'm not... No, not Supergirl. She was Supergirl in uh, Smallville, I believe. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so cool. I, I think we have that to, to uh, look I, forward to. I would like a new, a fresh take, yeah. I think. I yeah. think that would be cool. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how this movie translates to modern production. They might yeah. they might go way into the expose, though. Because I'm, I'm comfortable with them not explaining why she has this weird uh, phallic stinger yeah. coming out of her. Yeah, they're going to have to g- figure out the phallic stinger thing. I would, I would be okay with them giving a little bit of an explanation, but don't go too much into it. Just yeah. let it be, you know what I mean? But yeah. you know they won't, because it's that's just not the way modern horror works. Yeah. Yep. So, anyway, that is Rabid from 1977 by David Cronenberg. Um, that one's on Shudder. So, if you don't have Shudder, five bucks a month, get it's it. It's also and, on Tubi. Uh, is it on Tubi as well? Yep, it's on Tubi. Tubi's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tubi is very free. Oh. Tubi's free, but you have to watch an ad every once in a while, yeah. which is not that bad. Yeah. I so. rented it on uh, PlayStation 4. through. It was like four bucks for a... Uh, HD rental for. Do you 30s. have Shutter? Actually, I don't. Download Tubi. It's completely free. Okay, it's just and an app got, or something. Uh, yeah, it's T U B I. Okay. And they've got a pretty extensive library. Nice. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. definitely growing. Yeah. But so uh, yep, that's uh, that's that. Next next movie we're gonna talk about is the skin I live in, aka La, La Piel Que Habito from uh, two thousand eleven. Yep. Yeah. Uh, directed by Elmodovar. Elmodovar. It's uh, one word. I don't know exactly how to... You sound like Mike. El Matavar. Jay Trandoshashikar. Love you, Mike. <laughs> Just kidding, buddy. So, this movie, I know when uh, you and I were texting and trying to figure out like what our ideas were, we're throwing, uh, you threw this one out pretty quickly, and we both agreed, like, oh... Uh, movies about surgery's gone wrong while Mike's off getting his hilarious. <laughs> and from the very beginning, like I watched the trailer and I just I was so hesitant. I it after the, watching the trailer, I was too, to be honest. With yeah, you. It, it, like you it, watch it, it, I thought it was gonna be like a weird art house movie. Yes. Based on the trailer, yes. it's really not though. It it's a it, pretty straightforward like psychological thriller drama. Yes, it definitely has the art style of an art house film. Like it, the entire style of the movie was very much this like soap opera production quality, where you mixed with the production qualities and at least the lighting styles of movies that you'd see in like the 50s and 60s mm. like uh just the way the lighting is done reminded me a lot of the twilight zone because it had classic theatrical lighting oh, yeah. before they figured out how to translate theatrical lighting into movie lighting mm-hmm. so the entire movie like just the way light was hitting things like the different textures the way they're hitting the faces and mm-hmm. there's a lot of an ambient light it was it was very unique, especially within a twenty eleven, like a 
post 2010 movie. Yeah, for sure. And it at first I it I couldn't get past it, but as the movie went on, along with every other hesitation I had, because I even texted you 40 minutes and was like, "Dude, have you seen this? Like, <laughs> I don't know about it. Like, I hadn't gotten to any of the information, and this is right before I spoiled it for myself." <laughs> and um, so, literally, like, right if, before if, you ruined if it, if you would have waited like another maybe 10 minutes, yes, because I'd say the first, like the first, yeah, the first half hour, 40 minutes of the movie is. It's pretty slow going. Uh, it's it's a lot of just like watching. So Antonio Banderas plays a, a doctor named Robert Ledgard. Um, it's a lot of him just sort of coming and going from his house and uh, yeah, you don't quite know what's going on. It's, right, he's it's... he's watching this patient of his mm-hmm. who for some reason he has locked up in his house, but it's yeah. it's apparently for her own good. And uh, um, uh, Elena Anaya plays uh, Vera Cruz, and that's who he's watching. He's he's watching this girl. At one point in time, he walks in and offers her some opium. Yeah, yeah. and stuff. It's, so it is it is weird. It's yeah. kind of it's yeah. it's bizarre. And he's wearing a skin suit. You're like or a uh, some sort of mesh like the body second, suit. Yeah, like you're a like, second skin bodysuit yeah, sort yeah, of thing. And everything that? everything about her, like every scene she was in, it just really emphasized her femininity yeah. and yeah. her like her body, her feminine beauty, and. It, she's always exercising. She's beautiful. Right. Know, she's yeah. she's doing her, yoga and yeah. bodysuit. But whereas whereas um whereas the nudity and stuff in Rabid seemed uh, you know, it seemed to be there just to be there. Yeah. Like it's, it's a cheap, it, it, it served cheap. once you get through this movie, everything about showing her form yes. was completely intended for a very specific purpose. Yes. Yes. Um, which by the way, we are gonna spoil this movie. There's a there's a pretty big twist in it. Yeah, turn so, this yes. off and come back. Yeah, yes. turn this off uh, and please. come back if you do if not you don't want this mistakes. spoiled because it's, it, cause it's got a pretty good twist in yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the twist comes pretty early in the movie. It's actually like within the first hour and ten minutes or so, like yeah. the last fifty minutes. You you already know the twist, but you still are completely sucked in and engrossed by the story. Yeah, and it definitely has a lot of foreshadowing, especially with the way the cinematography is done. Because uh, as it starts going to the backstory of what has led the Doctor and Vera into these circumstances, it shows a lot of uh, uh, dissolves, like transitions between showing her looking in one direction and then switching to uh, showing another character that we're introduced to named Vicente. Uh, Vincente. Vincente. I, I will <laughs> not. <laughs> How should we pronounce it going for? I was confused because I couldn't really quite understand the Spanish uh, pronunciation. Well, I guess there's no. I, I put an extra N in there. It's Vicente. Vicente. Is Vicente. that how they say it too? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Vicente. And uh, it. It. After no, once I spoiled it for myself, I just saw the clues piling up. And honestly, it's, it's done in a way that. Uh, Another director, Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. we all know who he is. <laughs> uh, he do, he does it very well as well. Where when you watch it the first time, you're missing all these clues, and then you go back and watch it, and you're like, "This is so obvious. How did yeah. I how do I miss it?" And it goes back into the backstory where it it turns out that uh, while uh, the doctor was at a was it a wedding? I think it was a wedding yeah. with. Well, we his never daughter. did a synopsis. Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe we, maybe we should do that first before yes. we get yeah, to the twist, thank, just th- so. 
Thank people you. know what's going on. Thank you. Yeah, we kind of jumped into this one pretty quick. I have it pulled up, or if you if you want to do it, whatever. Uh, well, whatever. go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, a brilliant plastic surgeon haunted by past tragedies creates a type of synthetic skin that withstands any kind of damage. His guinea pig, a mysterious and volatile woman hol- who holds the key to his obsession. So that's pretty good. That's another yeah. good one. Yeah. That's a pretty spot on yeah. one. Mm-hmm. So. Um, as a movie, so as we talked about in the beginning, there's just a lot of mystery. Like, who's this woman? What's his deal? Like, he seems like he's not exactly good, but there's no evidence really so far. And it flashes back to uh, six years before the present day in the movie, where he's at a wedding with his daughter, and he notices after a while he can't find his daughter. So as he goes out and he searches and takes a little journey through the sex forest. Where all these teenagers are just making obnoxious sex. Yeah, what a wedding, man! <laughs> it's yeah. like, like um, I, I was, I was like, I, it, does this happen at weddings? Are there like secret orgies that happen at weddings? Yeah, they never, are so close to one another. <laughs> I've been doing weddings all wrong. I've never Eiffel towered a girl at a wedding. <laughs> I can tell you that. But as he's searching, he sees a motorcycle leaving pretty quickly, and then he finds his daughter, who has obviously been raped. He uh, is there while she's unconscious. He wakes her up, and she starts freaking out, and uh, it turns out that Vigente... Vigente? Vegeta. Oh, how appropriate. But... uh, (laughs) But it turns out he and the daughter were, like, gone off doing teenager things at weddings, apparently. And it turned into one of those things where when she realized what was happening, because they were both very high on a lot of prescription drugs. Like, well, I love- he, he was. Oh, she, she was, too. I don't think she was high. Like She, she was on pers- like she, prescribed she, medication, she explained right? that she Yeah, she explained that she was on... Uh, I actually took down the list because I was like, that's that's quite a bit. So, Ciprolex, uh, Diprax, Trancomazine, I've never actually heard of that one. And she says, and Lyrica, of course. And, and he, you know what? I, okay. Honestly, I, it's just now hitting me. Those could have possibly just been her prescribed meds. Yeah. Because oh, I, of the I fact that's, I think definitely. I think that's, that's what, what she was getting at because he says, he says, like, oh, I'm like, oh, he says, did you take any pills? Yeah. And she she's like, well, of course, I, I yeah. took this and this and this and this. But she's just naming her prescription pills. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm so high too. And yeah. she's like, hi, what are you talking about? Yeah, because she, she has a really severe social phobia mm-hmm. and uh well and also depression and anxiety because she witnessed at one right, point her in time, mother like we, she witnessed her mother throw herself out of the top window right. of their house yeah and uh quick little backstory uh antonio banderas's character his wife at one point is in an accident and her entire body is badly burned, and he's basically trying to bring her back to normal. And during that process, she looks, she sees her reflection and kills herself mm-hmm. because she sees that she yeah. is horribly they, burned. They had been living in darkness for like a couple of years or something while yeah. she was, while he was trying to sort of piece her back together, and yep. she had never seen her reflection. I thought that was like that was a pretty interesting line, uh, Marilia, who, yeah, the who turns who turns out she's like the like the maid or the servant in the mm-hmm. house, but it turns out she's actually Robert's mother, which he mm-hmm. doesn't know. And uh, she's explaining to uh, Vera at one point in time what had happened to uh, to his wife. And um, he she says, like, we lived, you know, we lived in darkness for years, and, like, he would just sit by her bedside, and he, she says... 
like she talks about how he was like born psychotic and she says he was intoxicated he he became intoxicated by the smell of burnt flesh Oof, yeah, i know like it's so haunting. he would just sit yeah like he the haunting is it yeah he would just sit by her bedside day in day out just like watching her recovery slowly happen he wouldn't just, sleep and he, he was just yeah he was just like completely obsessed with trying to get his wife back which is romantic in a way yeah but at the same time like he kind of lost his mind during the process yep yeah, he's a brilliant uh, plastic surgeon too. Like he gives, he's giving a talk in the beginning of the film and to uh, like a panel of, I guess, plastic surgeons or yeah. some sort of a board. Um, and he has like his own laboratory at his house that he works out of, and that's where he's keeping this this Vera person. And um, he explains, uh, he explains how he's. He's been working on these revolutionary uh, skin graft techniques where mm -hmm. not only is he able to pretty much do away with burns on burn victims, but the new skin that he's putting onto these people, he's uh, he's crossed, he's kind of like crossed the... Transgenic. Uh, transgenic, like he's crossed the DNA through transgenesis with uh, Pigs, pig skin. Right? Yeah. And because pig skin is so tough, he's like... This new skin is—it's basically flame retardant. It's uh, it it's um, insect repellent. Insect well. repellent, yeah. like it, malaria mosquitoes will no longer be able to bite people. It has a different smell, so bugs won't come near the person because they have mm -hmm. a different smell. Yeah, and when the movie starts, it and especially when you consider the synopsis, it seems like this is going to be the primary like plot point, but it just. The thing I loved is that it just turns out to be a red herring. Like, yeah. yeah. The yeah. movie really has nothing to do with it. Like, I tried to add more meaning by saying, like, oh, he's trying to toughen the skin so Vera can't, like, uh, kill herself or alter her body later. Mm -hmm. But really, it's just it's just a red herring, and it's there to mislead you. Right. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, the big twist ends up being that spoilers, spoilers yes, right spoilers. here. Big, Pause. Big, yes, big, come big back. Spoilers. Stop right now. <laughs> Stop right now. A few seconds. Okay, good. Spoilers now. So it turns out that since uh, Vincente uh, raped his daughter, he gets revenge on him by kidnapping him and basically turning him into Vera. Uh, it starts with him uh, giving him a vaginoplasty, which sounds is exactly what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And over well, the... He holds him. It, it was interesting, too. It was like a breaking process. Yeah. Like, he holds him in this weird like cave dungeon, area right? like a mm -hmm. dungeon like chained to the wall like a dog for for not that i would chain a dog to a wall in a dungeon but you know what i mean uh, <laughs> sure ch james chain, chains him in this wall like like he's only giving it like he gives him buckets of water mm -hmm. and uh, he comes in he sprays him down with a hose but then he gradually sort of starts to show a little more uh, gives him more freedom it's like stockholm syndrome he's exactly like, yeah. exactly that's what i that's what i put in my notes was like this was the ultimate stockholm syndrome fake out yeah, yeah because of what happens by the end of the movie yeah. but he breaks him you know like he he eventually just kind of gets him to accept the fact that he, you're here with me now and we're going to do exactly what I want to do and I'll let you know when we're done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And uh, and so he gives, he, get, he, he brings in his crew, which I thought was kind of, uh, it was like yeah. a bad move on his part. He brings yeah. in his crew of like plastic surgeon partners and they give uh, Vicente a vaginoplasty. I think at that point he's he's so far removed from being a sane person at this point. I mean, obviously he's brilliant. He's mm -hmm. a brilliant um, plastic surgeon and, and well-known in the field, but 
I think he's just so damaged at this point that yeah. he doesn't give a shit. He's like, you know what? I'm going to bring in my friends here. We're going to do this. We're going to knock out this uh, sex change operation real quick. And, and, and uh, the way he the way he describes it, the way he kind of plays it off to his partners is that uh, this is a high-profile client who doesn't yeah. doesn't necessarily want people to know that he's undergoing this uh, un- undergoing this uh, uh, sex change. So he he convinces them of that. And thinks he's in the clear after that, mm-hmm. yeah. and then like just the pr- like I th- I thought this entire process was just super interesting from the moment he kidnapped Vicente, which, by the way, he he chased him down in a large van, and Vicente was on his motorcycle, and Vicente revs it up to 140 on back roads, and that's kilometers by the way. Oh, is it kilometers? Well, yeah, what so, I, so that's faster so, than miles so that'd per be hour, right? Sixty or seventy miles per hour no or that'd be 70 yeah it it, it it's definitely less it's than less. okay yeah. that all right that makes more sense then because he he kind of kind of pit maneuvers him yeah and sends him off the bike into the to the brush i'm like you would definitely die from <laughs> that like you're not, yeah. you're not just gonna get up and start walking away it's about 86 miles per still hour. still a, a bike crash at 86 miles per hour you're not just yeah. gonna like get up and start walking yeah. around you know what I mean? if, you, if you fall properly you will i suppose if you tuck and roll and as no, long as you're no, wearing you your leathers, slide right? it, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's science, bro. <laughs> Come on. And I, I always, I, I was always fat. Sorry, this is a, a digression, but I was always fascinated when I was younger by um, the guys who do the the crotch rocket racing, and they actually touch their knee to the ground when they take the turns. Is there, it's like a metal plate in their knee, uh, right? They're plastic. You got knee pucks that go on the outside of your suit. Uh-huh. And so you use that for stability and balance as you're going around those tight turns. And you actually drag it on the ground? Yeah, purposely, right? It's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Mm. But like, to work your way up to that, riding a bike to being able to, like, I'm going to touch my knee to the ground I've, while I'm going I've, 150 miles an I've hour. I've done that intentionally when my jeans touch the ground going around a roundabout. <laughs> really? That's scary, wow. man. Yeah, that, that would freak me out. <laughs> you must wear thick denim. You got some Jinkos? Denim. Dan near <laughs> killed him. <laughs> Bring it back right there. Yeah, that's a comeback. <laughs> but the uh, the entire process, like as you watch this happen, it it was strangely horrifying. Like yeah. uh, the one of the things that a lot of reviewers and critics would say is this is a movie, a horror movie free of scares. And mm-hmm. I read the reviews beforehand knowing that it probably wouldn't spoil it. And I was like, I, d- I don't understand how this can happen. But as I was watching that, it was, it was terrifying. Like what it, it's a new level of, not having control over your own free will and your own body, and it well, just—you've always yeah. said that's one of the scariest things to you, right? Is yeah. like losing your the control over yourself, basically. Yeah, and so it, at that moment, like I'm watching, like this is terrifying, mm-hmm. like the, because it's one of those things where it you're he had two prisons. He had the prison, which was the room he was trapped in, and then he the surgeon turned his own body. Vincente's body into another prison. Right. right. And that that whole concept to me is just terrifying. Mm-hmm. So as I'm watching this, I like my only note for the entire thing is this is pretty awful. <laughs> and then my next note is cue the weird sexual feelings from any straight man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because well, well, oh, oh sorry. I, I didn't mean to step go on. Ahead, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, well I think I think there is an underlying theme similar uh, similarly, in in Rabid, uh, in this film, there is an underlying theme of uh, 
transgenderism. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is really, uh, I think it is a commentary in a lot of ways about transgenderism and and how it, it almost redefines what gender is. Mm-hmm. You know, this is almost a, a futuristic uh, take on science and, and prosthetics because I don't believe there is a, a skin alter, alternative. What do they call it? Gall? Is that what they were? Gal. Yeah, Gal. Because okay. that was the name of his wife, yeah. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's, I don't believe that's a thing that's real. Right. But uh, the way that he was able to meticulously basically overhaul this this person's entire uh, structure of their body, their gender. I mean, you're going through a sex change. You're, you're basically completely reverting this person to or converting this person to another gender. Um, and, I definitely and, think. And not only that, but tr- kind of, you know, because it, within the transgender community, it's like uh, you, you make that. Uh, you make that change because that's how you feel yes. comfortable. But for for Vincente being uh, being transformed into Vera, this was a this was a guy who really enjoyed yeah. being a guy. Like he didn't want to be a woman. He didn't, right. But he takes on all the feminine qualities mm-hmm. of Vera. You know. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy, like, and that's why I said the whole kind of the, the process of breaking him was was interesting because you were taking a like this you're taking a, a man who enjoys being a man and then kind of like kind of through through months and months and months of conditioning, getting them comfortable with being a woman. Mm-hmm. Which is like that's crazy. Yeah, you're slowly yeah. like he, he's slipping him makeup, and he's, you know, he's just doing these, he's just kind of laying these little Easter eggs about like, hey, I want you to and become Vera, a woman. And, and Vera's not having it at first. Like, yeah, she's yeah. just like like she sends the makeup back, and like she just keeps one pencil so she can write on the wall. But by the end of the movie, seemingly she is identifying as Vera, the woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. when she embraces that persona, it's like she then is unlocking the, the the doors to her prisons in a, in a way right but at the same time though it the last line of the movie kind of makes it clear that that was all an act in order for exactly. her to be able to escape because literally the last uh line of the movie is i am Vincente. Vich- yeah and uh, while it does while it is implied that it does pay off him having vera's body because he now gets to uh Go out with his lesbian crush right. that he had, <laughs> yeah. which I, I I found that rather poetic. <laughs> that, didn't yeah. even, that didn't even register with me. That's <laughs> yeah. totally true. I was like, yeah. they're gonna hook up. That's what yeah. I was <laughs> she's like, oh, I like you now. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I I can. I can only imagine what the struggles would be like afterwards because uh, part. of... I had to go back and relook into the skin because part of me wondered if the skin was toughened so that he couldn't like be surgically turned back into a man, like transition back yeah, into a right. man. Because yeah. I was like, "Oh, tough skin. He can't be sur- have surgery on him." And that's when it really enforced the idea that it was just a red herring, and this was the actual story. Right. But um, another thing that I learned is the director, and I don't have his name written down uh, for some reason. It's Pedro Almodovar. Yes. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but apparently stuff like this is fairly common. Like these sort of th- themes are common in his films, and uh, as I learned a lot about his past things, the more I realized if I had known his previous works and started this movie, I 
I would have like it would be super obvious what the twist was going to be mm. rather quick because he has a lot of themes of uh, a lot of gender ideas in his movies. He has a lot of stuff about uh, homosexuality. And he does this, and one of the funniest things I read is the fact that he's, like, the LGBTQ community is really latched onto his films. Oh, really? Uh, excuse me. Because he does it in a very respectful way. And he's like, what? No, I'm I'm not the gay filmmaker. What are you talking about? And, <laughs> oh, wow. and I'm just sitting here, I'm like, there, this guy, he's somewhere on that spectrum. And he's just like, it, it reminded me of a South Park episode where uh, Jared from uh, Subway? Subway is, he keeps t- saying like, oh, I want to give everybody AIDS, and he means, like, assistance, like, AIDS, like, that way. And he's just, like, not refusing to understand it, and he's like, I don't, like, I'm not, he's like, I don't remember what the entire thing is, but he's, like, hitting a dead horse with a baseball bat and saying, like, I just want to give kids AIDS, and people are getting angry, and I was, it just reminded me of that. I'm like, this guy is in denial of something, and that's okay. That no, that's, I'm not judging. Like he feels like people are reading too much into yes, what like what is film, and mean? I'm definitely guilty of it. I'm reading into his inclusions of these in every movie. Well, it's interesting because um, I, I don't I don't feel like you can watch this film and think. That's only the story is only about a brilliant uh, plastic surgeon who has these tragic things happen to him in his life mm-hmm. and falls apart as a as a piece of that and then just becomes this demented person who's keeping a uh, you know a prisoner in their home for six years or more right. while they perform these these um, procedures yeah these radical uh, procedures against their will mm-hmm. um, I think there's definitely a subtext there that's that's not really um, that he may be denying or, but but in a way it's it's interesting I think it's definitely an interesting film it's very thought-provoking I think. I mean, when I watched it, I, I had a lot of uh, emotions about it, and it's it's interesting because it is tackling. I believe it is tackling the transgender issue or, or the movement, not issue, I guess, yeah. but the the movement. Um, and it's in it's from 2011, um, but it's also tackling it in a way that's not. It's not this rose uh, rose. What's the expression? Rose colored uh, lens? Is that the? Yeah. yeah. It's it's not tackling it from this way. That's all you know. Oh, it's yeah, this beautiful thing. It's like there, there's also the the plot line of there's a lot of rape in this movie, mm-hmm. rape in more than just a sexual way per se. You know, this there's there is just plain there is a lot of rape. Um, uh, what's the uh, what's the uh, maid's name? Um, uh, Marilia. Marilia, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Her son um, Zika. The, yeah, Zika, the, t- the tiger, I guess. Yeah. He breaks in and he has his way with uh, with Vera. And, um, One, because he thinks that he thinks that she at the is, time he yeah. actually thinks that it that that is Gal, right? And that that she somehow because there's there's a side story where uh, Gal and Zika kind of fell in love, they were fooling around and then they yeah. ended up in the car accident, and he, he left her. He escaped the car and left her to burn in the car, and, yeah. the, and then that's where uh, Robert found her and rescued her. Exactly, and, and that kind of started his whole spiral downward. It sounds like, or it probably started before then. But, sure. But rape is a very prevalent topic in this movie. That's the whole reason that um, Doctor Letgard um, captures uh, Vicente in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's 
that's the reason that he believes that he raped his daughter and and that's why he he's seeking revenge so it's interesting i think and, it, and also because uh for some reason norma his daughter has identified him robert ledgard yeah, as the, as the ra- rapist like, right she wakes up after after this uh horrific um experience with vicente and for some reason doesn't remember what had happened and and all she knows is she wakes up to her father yeah on top of her so she identifies his, him as the rapist one of the saddest parts in this entire movie is when he goes to visit her in the psych hospital. Yeah, and, and and because this is like this is this this has happened like the uh, women with like I, and and men probably mm-hmm. with like such bad sort of PTSD. Yeah. after an encounter like this, right. where um, she uh, like she just can't be around men. Like he comes into her room and he's just trying to be her father and say hi to her and. Like, she just gets up, she won't even, like, get near him, mm-hmm. and she goes and she just casually, like, walks into the closet in her room and locks herself mm-hmm. in and won't, and uh, and the, one of the female nurses has to come in, she tells the dad to leave, she tells the doctor to leave, and she says, all the men are gone now. Yeah. And, man, that, that hit me so hard, I was, that was like, oh, God, that was tragic. <laughs> yeah. It was actually something uh, um, that happened, I, I, uh, I watched, um... Grey's Anatomy with uh, Aaron on occasion, and there was something like that that happened recently. On occasion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm the same as you, and I saw that episode recently Did with you, uh, Sarah. The, yeah, it was it was like a really powerful moment in that episode because this woman had been uh, raped by her husband, or no, not by her husband. She had gotten in a fight with her husband and then went out to the bar and then ended up being raped by a man. And uh, they convinced her to do the rape kit and everything. It was a very, like, kind of long montage of them doing all the, the things in the rape kit. And then they said, we need to take you to surgery because there's, like, internal damage that we need to take care of. And she was so petrified to leave that room and that there would be a man anywhere that, like I said, it was a very powerful moment. They had every man in the entire hospital leave all of the hallways and all of the rooms that this woman was going to be in. And they lined the corridors with just the women from the hospital mm-hmm. and pushed her, you know, pushed her on the, the bed through the hallways to the elevator and up into the operating room, just having all women employees surrounded. And Aaron said that's actually something that can be requested in wow. hospitals. Like women can, you know, women that have under undergone uh, traumatic situations like that are, can request to have only female female employees around huh. i was like man but that that part in the movie i was like god that was really sad and like gr- like really grounded the whole thing in reality and just like it's tragic yeah and that's and that's what's i think is is uh effective about the movie you know it's it's um it definitely pulls on a lot of different emotions and heartstrings mm-hmm. and it, it's successful in its job i don't know i don't know if after watching this film i'm like what I feel, I, yeah. I, it's like kind of depressing at the end of it. Like, I definitely would watch it again, and, and especially knowing the twist, going back and watching it again. Because, I mean, it's an excellent movie. I mean, it's yeah. great acting, great cinematography, great music. I mean, the 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 storyline is compelling. I mean, it's. I definitely would. I highly recommend it. I would yeah, definitely yeah. watch it again. I'd yeah. love to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. me too. Definitely. Even with all my hesitance going into it, this was an excellent movie. And uh, the amount of time that I spent afterwards just thinking about it and like looking more into it and trying to learn more about like the why behind all of it, mm-hmm. it it 
it, it's going to leave you with that sort of feeling. And honestly, like with any luck, you listened to our heeds and stopped and then went and watched the movie and came back to the discussion because it, it's it's one of those movies that you're going to want to talk to with talk yeah, talk yeah. to friends about right. and like have similar discussions and it it was just really well done it had its it was a spanish movie like spanish means spain and it had all the all these like spanish it had its a spanish beauty about it mm-hmm. and it just like it, it it's, I, I noticed something. Yeah. I noticed something though. This is sort of a, <laughs> sort of like a, a shallow thought for a deep movie, but uh, in Spain, like as opposed to Mexico where they speak Spanish, they actually they say their s's with a lisp, mm-hmm. and that was I, I don't it it, it was kind of weird because most of the characters in this movie didn't speak with that lisp, except for a couple would let it slip every once in a while. I noticed Morelia let it slip every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I was, it, it took me back to, uh, I had an, uh, my ex-girlfriend would speak Spanish to me every once in a while, <laughs> but she would use the Spanish lisp because she thought she was cool. Por un beso, yo no por un beso. I'd just be like, that would be probably pretty hot if you weren't a, just a horribly mean little white girl. <laughs> like, like, if I didn't know that there might be a chance that you're going to throw one of my dishes across the room in the next five minutes, that would probably be pretty sexy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, sorry to end it on a shallow thought, but um, no. no, that was that was the skin I live in. I highly recommend it. I think we all agree. Yes. Um, I, I rented it. I don't think that there's any streaming services you can find it on. No, nothing for free. And my only recommendation is, like, don't feel weird about the fact that you're attracted to her. She's an actual woman. She's an actress. <laughs> it's okay to be attracted to her. Oh, she's beautiful. Oh, yeah. She, yeah. And it, it's, it was... And this is going back to what we brought up before. Like the the movie is very purposeful about making her see, showing her natural feminine beauty, her body, and then it pulls her out from underneath. <laughs> you like surprise, it's a dude, yeah. <laughs> and he still wants to be a dude. And yeah, it's just like don't don't be weirded out by it. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. It definitely We're, questions your your the the concept of gender. You yeah, know. Yeah. We're all friends here. It's it's. I liked what they did with it. I yeah. think it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it was really good. Well, that was the skin I live in. Uh, so for next week, we haven't really because uh, Mike is gone and he likes you know he usually does the wheel of pizza death and stuff like that. We We're cutting that too. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, yeah. I don't Mike. I know you're listening to this. I don't know if you noticed, but we made several changes so far. So it was not it, my idea. Yeah, Mike. It was uh, it was all the architect over yeah. here. I'm gonna let Executive you take decision. It. I'll take the blame. <laughs> um, uh, what are you gonna do? Fire him? I mean, what are you gonna do? Take us here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> actually, this is the new lineup. I actually like this. Take lineup. us here to stay <laughs> as Mike, though. No. So here's here's my idea. I have I I have two different ideas. Um, one was because we did plastic surgery this week because Mike's having plastic surgery in a uh, couple tomorrow actually. In a few um, hours. <laughs> in a few hours. Uh, my other idea was, because we always talk about Mike looking like Elijah Wood, we could either do two Elijah Wood films, uh, but also because we kind of got into a conversation about AI earlier, I'm going to throw that out on the table, too. Ooh. Maybe do two AI Gone Berserk movies. I wouldn't be mad about do either we get one to know, of those. Is it going to be the classic, we don't get to know what the movie is until we choose? 
Uh, well, because I don't have any ideas. I do have ideas for the for the um, Elijah Wood. We could do uh, the Good Son, which is a way like a massive throwback uh, Elijah Wood movie because it's him and Macaulay Culkin when they were both still sweet little cute kids, <laughs> and then also the uh, the remake of Maniac. So those would be the two Elijah Wood films. And then for AI, I don't have those movies picked out yet because I just came up with this idea during this episode. I feel like the Elijah Wood episode or, or movies would be would be better because there's a good chance you guys will be tackling AI in the future on the podcast. Okay. I mean, that's my opinion. But What do you think? Yeah, if... I could go either way. I could go either way. I, like, yeah. I love AI, I, I, too. I, I, I'm always down for wood. <laughs> <laughs> you made a joke. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the AI would definitely spark some good conversation. It would. It oh, definitely that'd be, would. That'd be fun. Well, how about, d- how about we do this? Let's do an Elijah Wood movie and an AI movie. Boom. Compromise. I like it. it. All let's, right. Let's just do it. Mike's not here. We're throwing all the rules out the uh-huh. window. Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> Cohesive kidding, Mike. storytelling? No. no. <laughs> now we have to pick between the good son and maniac, but we, we can do that off air. We'll figure so. it out. We'll figure it out. So uh, next week, you've got an AI and an Elijah Wood movie coming at you, so stay tuned, all right? Uh, that's it for this week, boys. If yes. you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Facebook at The Buzzkill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC and all all streaming sites. Uh, grinder, grinder, <laughs> grinder. Uh, we we no longer apparently we, we no longer have a uh, what's the swipe right thing? Tinder. Tinder. We no yeah. longer have that, so don't even look. You can find um, us on Horror Amino. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find us up till episode f- like fifty on Horror Amino. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find us on all first, second, third, fourth, and eighty-sixth. Uh, streaming podcast services and uh, that's it if you want to find J-Rodge you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs you guys want to throw out your uh, your uh, information or not sure uh, Matt K Tank on uh, Twitter and Instagram if you're if you feel so inclined and because you guys keep calling me this, you can find me as Jancy Pants on just about everything. Jan's got to poop. Jan's got to poop. You got to redo all your handles, man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. Well, that was fun. Thanks yeah, for was. Uh, thanks for coming out. Thanks and for having us. This will be the same lineup next week. So uh, we'll see you then. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Ba-da-da, ba-da-da. <laughs> Try to have a good night. Where did we get glass bottles? <laughs> <laughs>